Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big sales. You know, I'm going to make one proclamation to everybody here today. Okay, just one. Don't ever predict what I'll say. Because you have no idea. You have no idea. You may think you do, but you don't. It is a football Friday. We are packed. And the amount of content today is off the chain. Uh, Absolutely off the chain. I do want to start. By making sure, because this is the final day that you can be part of our great contest. And that is what our friends at Hooters. And Tone is going to put a code word up throughout the four-hour show. All you have to do is identify it, send it to that email, show at gmail.com. We will announce the winners like Nick and Israel were with our friends at Hooters. And we'll do that on a football Monday coming out of a week five of the NFL and also the Eagles versus the Rams at So High Stadium. All right. Before we get kicked off here, I do want to say this. This is a football show. That's the centerpiece of it. It's a football show. And I cannot start this program out with a 10-second conversation about Dick Butkus like last night's NFL on Prime did. I thought that was embarrassing. Butkus is one of the most important men, players, figures in pro football history. And to spend 10 seconds on it in the first half and not to really make it the centerpiece of that game last night, we'll get to the game. I know the game kind of told me something just the same way when I watched the Giants the other night versus Seattle. It told me a little bit something. Um, about the NFC East, and it told me something about really the division itself. So we'll get to that. But make 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 no mistake about it. Dick Butkus was one of the most intimidating and one of the most iconic men in the history of the National Football League. And I want to take you back a little bit here. Historically, today in the NFL, the quarterbacks are the centerpiece of many of the franchises in the NFL. They're the faces of the franchises, right? They're actually the faces of the league, these quarterbacks, because of the amount of money. You have to remember something in Butkus' era. There were really four men that personified football cities in America. It was Butkus in Chicago, Sam Huff in New York. It was Nitsky in Green Bay. And it was concrete in Philadelphia, Chuck Bednarik. Think about the time. Think about the era. Think about what those men were to places like Philadelphia. One of the most revered championships in Philadelphia sports history is the 1960 title. 
I know you guys won championships in NBA with the 76ers. I know you guys won World Series. But at the end of the day, those cities that won NFL championships and some of the iconic East Coast cities were represented by the Mike Linebacker. Would you agree the most famous Who's the most famous Philadelphia Eagle? You think Reggie's more famous than Bednarik? He's a better player. Is he more famous? Who's the most famous Eagle? Who's the most famous Bear? Sweetness, Sayers, Buckus was born in Chicago. The man, in my opinion, for me, and again, you're right, LJ, for me, growing up with Robustelli, every time I got Chuck Bednarik on my show back in the days in Tampa, it was his, just wonderful to listen to him talk. I mean, you got to remember, the NFL was represented by those men. And it's a generational thing. Most people today would say Reggie, okay? And and Tone would say Dawkins, right? This is not an exercise in right and wrong. This is an exercise probably more so in generations. That's why Butkus was so important to the NFL. He personified that city wasn't his winning. They had two winning seasons out of that 1965 draft where you had Sayers in it. Okay? You had Gail Sayers and Butkus, and you had two winning seasons, and the coach was George Hallis. Incredible last lack of success with three of the most iconic people in pro football history. That shows you what their personalities and their greatness was more about. I mean, Joe Thomas, people talk about and revere him. Think about being Butkus and Sayers and being George Hallis. And you're not winning a ton, but people still revere you. I just, again, I can't start my show out by not honoring and, and, and talking about Dick Butkus. I've met Dick Butkus numerous times. I posted something on my website, a gift he gave me years ago, because I vote on the Butkus Award. And um, I had a chance to meet his son. His son played at Illinois also. And so I've been friends with the Butkus family probably since back in the day when Andy introduced me to him. So I've been friends with Dick Butkus a long time here, too. We're going to get to the games here in a second. I'm going to ask you a question here about Jalen Hurts here in a second. It's not It's not anything. It was a question I was asked today by the NFL Network. Hey, Big Sills, I think the reason Eagles didn't call for Eric Bieniemy, he doesn't do RPOs. Could be. Plus, I think he has just leaned on Andy too much, in my opinion. I think it showed he has a lot to learn also. Um, I think a lot has to do last night with that game with Washington is the fact that Washington's offensive line. And by the way, it's a short work week. And can I say this to you? 
isn't it always seen that the team that has to travel the previous week and has a short work week never shows up to that Thursday night game? Is that is that just an observation, or am I making more out of that? It, it, it just seems the team that travels and has to show up on that short work week, they just seem to have no gas. There just seems to be no energy, man. You know what I mean? It, I, I, I didn't really think that they showed up on – Thursday night last night. I just, I just, it, it just looks to me that if you have to travel on the road and then you have a short game the following week, it just looks like no matter if you play it on the road or you played at home, it just looks like you don't have a lot of gas. Okay. Yeah. Cause it takes you off your rhythm and stuff. And it always looks to me like one team doesn't show up to the game. Oh, no, just an observation. It's just because last night Washington was terrible. And you know what? I don't really take anything out of the fact. Like, I'm not going to do this to you here. Well, hey, you see how Dallas took apart New England and, you know, you guys kind of limped around with New Not really am I going to do that. Now, on, on social media, I may jab you a bit, but really, quite frankly, you never know what every week brings. You don't know who's hurt, who's not hurt. Hey, Christian Gonzalez played. In that game, in the opener, right? This last week, man, he was hurt. I mean, you, you, you can't do that in an NFL season. You just can't. And so for me to go like this, hey, look, Washington sucks. See, I mean, you, you were in a game. That's not how that works. I think the travel plays a factor. I think all of that kind of plays into it. And it's true. Washington didn't show up last night. So what's that mean to me? It's a two-horse race in the NFC East. And quite frankly, New York and Washington aren't very good. But something Tone said a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago, they got sporadic talent that can beat you. Like if you don't show up, those teams can beat you. Okay? I mean, they can, but you got to put teams like that to sleep. I thought that was the best football game I've seen Justin Fields play. So my takeaway is Washington is kind of not that great yet. And the reason they're not that great is because they're O-line. Okay? So you can't sit here and go, well, man, the Eagles played them tough. They laid an egg against the worst team in the NFL. Eh, short work week. You're not really ready to roll. You're out of gas. You've got injuries at some positions. Your offensive line. Don't you think the other team, the Chicago Bears, had more of an opportunity to prepare for Washington than vice versa? I do. And quite frankly, if you're Washington, didn't you put more juice into that Philly game in preparation than you did into Chicago preparation? Probably played a factor there. Just can't go down that line here, man. By the way, DJ Moore, holy cow. <laughs> hey, that was unbelievable. Over 230 yards receiving. Okay. I thought he was A.J. Brown out there, man. That guy looked absolutely insane. All right. I was asked this question about Dak Prescott. And I want to add Jalen Hurts to this question for our guys. Again, this is not a rip. I'm going to ask you this. What The question was to me, what has Dak Prescott proven? Obviously in light of the 49ers-Cowboys game on Sunday. 
What has Dak Prescott proven? And I'm going to put the asterisk on it. What has Jalen Hurts proven? Now, first, let me go here with Dak, and I want to give you an example of what I said about Dak. Okay? I said it's eight years. It's eight years. He's proven to me inside of big games. He can't play consistently for 60 minutes and play championship football for 60 minutes. That was my takeaway on Dak Prescott, right? In gigantic games. Now, does he win last two years? They've won a boatload of football games. But they have not won significant football games. And I don't really think he's played exceptional. Like, does anybody come away from that 49er game, that divisional game or not divisional game, that wild card game last year and go like this? Dak was out of his mind in that game and he played exceptional. Or even in the Brady game, do you come away going, man, he was just unbelievable. You know what I mean? I mean, it just doesn't seem in those games – Okay, it just doesn't seem in those games like he can play 60 minutes of ball. There's always somewhere in there where he has a dip and makes a critical mistake. It really is cousins like in a way. Okay, so that's the example I gave. Give me the example on what you think Jalen Hurts has proven. With his play. I'm not talking about records. I'm talking about his play. What's he proven? Again, I just gave you the example of Dak. I don't think Dak plays good in big giant games for the full 60 minutes. I think there's a there's a dip somewhere in there with him. Focus, uh, staying, staying in the game. It, eight years, that's my takeaway of him. Okay? What has Jalen proven to you so far? Now, look, too, also, it's a little bit, more of a sample size when it comes to Dak than it is with with Hertz. Because Hertz could still redefine himself. You know, what is he going into? His third year starting? That's really young in this process still. Hertz is passing the ball better than last couple seasons. And he's he's just a leader, okay? What has he proven so far? That he's a really great leader? I don't think Dak's a horrible leader. That Hurts can overcome bad coaching. That's a great takeaway. That's a great... Hey, how about this, Timmy? Hey, Timothy, how about this one? That Hurts can overcome inconsistent coaching. And inconsistent coaching could be because he's had so many different coordinators. That's totally... Does Jalen doesn't get bothered by big moments. No moment is too big for him. I would agree. And he does get rattled when he and he does get rattled when he does make mistakes. He doesn't, you mean, get rattled when he makes mistakes. That's correct. I think Jalen has proven that he is never out of a game. And you have to play 60 minutes of football to beat him. I I, I would say that you see this thing here that Tone just said? I would think this is the greatest compliment any football player can ever have. Not whether or not you throw for a ton of yards, but when someone says this, um, 
I don't play 45 minutes of football. I don't play 15 minutes of football. I play 60 minutes of football. And you may beat me, but we're going to go 60. That's the greatest comment you can have on somebody. Because you know why? You'll beat 99.9% .9 of the talent you play against, even the better talented people. How many times have you seen people with tremendous talent and you beat them? Shit, man, it's on display every Sunday. Nobody would ever, and I've said this to you, nobody would ever come to the rescue of Tom Brady calling him an exceptional athlete when you compare him with somebody like Aaron Rodgers, but he beats him. You don't have to be the most skilled or the most talented athlete in the NFL when you're the quarterback in this league to beat another quarterback. Peyton Manning couldn't jump over a stack of dimes. And he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport. Okay? I like that. Relentless pursuit. Jalen's proven he hasn't cost you games. You, yeah, because you're right. He, he, if he's not there, you don't win games. It's a fact. Yeah, absolutely. I just was interested because they... My, my takeaway with Dak was he's proven to me, man. It's eight years, dude. Every time I get him in a big game, like, watch this. Are you, are you confident in Dak Prescott going into that 49er game? We're, we're going to get to our, our takeaways and such, what we're going to see in this Eagle game versus the Rams here in a second. But, I mean, do you feel, do you feel confident in Dak on Sunday? Do, do do you feel like you could put the game on his shoulders and he'll win against San Francisco on Sunday? Right? How come I go like this? Man, I got to put the game on Dak. What? Hey, Sills, I'm going to put the game on Jalen to beat the Niners. All right. This is where you guys get me. Dan, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put the game on Jalen's shoulders against the Niners. Okay. Dan, I'm going to put the game on Dak's shoulders against the Niners. Oof. I don't know, man. <laughs> Can we spread it around? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, they're not playing awful on offense. They're just not. Okay? I mean, the real, hey, the real is saying that Dak is a flop just like Tony Romo. I, I don't think you can be any more right about the comparison between Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. And I've asked it before, has he been an upgrade? Maybe a tick? Because Prescott, I don't think Dak turns the ball over as much as Tony. Enough of that game. We'll get to that game here in a minute. But I just wanted to throw that out there, that it's important that we recognize Butkus and also that I was asked a question about Prescott. And I wondered how you would look at that. And I agree with you. You're never out of a football game with Jalen Hurts. That is something that is continuing to trend that way. I, I thought he hurt you his first year starting. Okay? I didn't think he – I thought he was the caboose. But after what we saw last year and into this year, you're winning because of him. He is a calming force, okay, in your huddle, especially with the inconsistency that you have right now. Um with your coaching staff. Speaking of that, before we get to the preview and how I see this game playing out, I wanted to take a look at the coaches. Okay? I want I wanted 
I, w- I wanted to look at the coaches, head coaches. McVeigh versus Sirianni, Rams. Hey, you want to see something here that just shows you what's wrong with coaching? It's totally on the Rams side. How about this nepotism hire? Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator for the Rams. Yes, that's Matt's brother. That's a nepotism hire. And you know why you can make a nepotism hire at OC? Because Sean McVay's the play caller. He's just a clipboard holder. That's a nepotism hire. That guy's not the real OC. You think that guy's the real offensive coordinator in Los Angeles? Okay? That's a nepotism hire. What makes him qualify? Because he's Matt LaFleur's brother. And you know how he got the job? Sean McVay? Because John Gruden hired Sean McVay as a ball boy, then a quality control guy in Tampa because John McVay was an area scout for the Bucks and the Niners. And they were all kind of in cahoots with one another. This is why hires like that, you look at him and you go, he's a nothing on that staff. He's a nothing. And it shows you clearly that Sean McVay picks the coaching staff in Los Angeles and Nick doesn't in Philly. Raheem Morris is a spectacular hire. And what does this all have in common? Here's another Buccaneer connection. Raheem Morris was in Tampa when McVay was in Tampa. When McVay was the quality control coach for John Gruden in Tampa, Raheem Morris took over as head football coach of the Bucs, and he kept Sean McVay and elevated him to quality control coach. Okay? Chase Blackburn is a really good special teams coach. Brian Johnson, Sean Sean Desai. Sean Desai is not the coach that Raheem Morris is. And Michael Clay's group has played better. They've had a nice start to the season. You know, that I didn't think they were great in the New England game, but I think they also, in, in, in my opinion, I think they got better there, okay? You see, there's a lot of, like, tentacles in that Ram staff, but it all goes back to McVay. McVay has complete control of that coaching staff and who he wants in there, or he wouldn't have came back. And, it, and, and you could see the difference. Every single coach on the Philly side was hired by Howie. Every single coach that's in Los Angeles was hired by Sean McVay because of the connections that he had in Tampa. All of those, Chase Claiborne, Raheem Morris, the brother, all of them had connections to Sean McVay and really to the Grudens. So that's how that staff was constructed. Just tells you a little bit that there's more control with the head coach in Los Angeles, a lot more than there is in Philadelphia. It's more organizationally with the Eagles. That's It's a different culture altogether. It's a completely different culture. Now, both are winning. Do I think the Rams should be further along? Let's get to the preview now and how I see this game playing out, okay? No, Josh, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just pointing out that it's a completely different approach to win ball games. My my problem always is I'd rather be on the Sean McVay side, even with the nepotism hire, because my coach has more say. 
which means he has more power in the locker room with the players. Hey, just because the Eagle guys like Sirianni doesn't mean he can tell them what to do. That all comes down from Howie in the front office. It's just a different approach. That's all. It's just a different way of doing it. But I think, hey, here's, here's an example. The Eagles win with that, and the Chargers don't because they have the same structure in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Same structure, but they don't win. Okay? They don't win. So what does that mean? You got to have good people. So again, it's just how the organization's going into this game. I want you to know where one's coming from and where the other is coming from and how the Los Angeles Rams, again, all the personnel by Les Snead and Kevin Demoff and all the trades and everything, Sean's involved in all of that too. He's kind of like a junior Belichick. And Andy Reid and Pete Carroll. So he's he's got say in all that, but he kind of leaves that to them. Because you know why? He leaves that to them, which means they leave him alone when it comes to coaching games. He was the guy that got rid of Jared Goff. It wasn't Les Seed or Kevin Demoff. Why would they get rid of him? Howie would never get rid of a guy who won an NFC championship and wasn't playing poorly. Golf was not playing worse than what Wentz was. He wasn't. He was just a little more inconsistent, okay? But they weren't patient enough with that. Okay, let's move on here. Let's go to the game. Um, Eagles on the West Coast trip to play the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Eagles are 4-0, Rams are 2-2. Two it's depending where you look, four points, four and a half point favorites. Eagles right now are scoring 29.5, which is fifth in points, 392 total yards. They're 12th in passing, 226.8, they're second in National Football League in rushing. And on third downs, here's an important statistic and trend that they're ninth in first and third downs. It's important, especially in a game like this. And the reason I point these numbers out to you, because this is what the team has been trending to the first month of the season. These are telling you kind of who they are. They're scoring points. They're putting points on the board. I would say this to you. How do you think they've been in red zone? I don't know. Underwhelming? Would that be fair? No, Sue, these aren't stats. These are trends. This is what you've done and who you are. You're trending this way. You're trending. This is what you are doing on a week-to-week basis to win. How do you guys think the red zone offense is bad in the first month? I think it's been, if I'm using a word, underwhelming. I think they've got to score more points when they get into the red zone. Uh, Not kicking field goals. You can't have your kicker, your player of the month because he's been winning ball games for you. That's the lack of not scoring in the red zone. Okay? Timothy, I wouldn't say terrible. I just use the word underwhelming. Okay? Just underwhelming. I, I think it just has to pick up a little bit. Philly D gives up 22.5 points per game, which is 16th. Middle of the road. That's not horrible. 
That's not horrible. 22 points a game. You'd like to give up 19, 22. You know, today's NFL, middle of the road. First month of the season. That'll get better. That, that'll get better. You're giving up 323.8 yards per game. That's what you're trending at the first month, which is, I believe, 16th. Your pass defense is ranked 27th. And your rush defense is ranked third, 63 yards. Um, Tone says red, point, red, red zone offense has been disappointing. Okay. To me, it's been just, it's been underwhelming, man. I mean, you got to get in. When, when you have the number two running attack, National Football League, got to get that thing in there, man. Okay. You got to get that in there. You can't be settling for field goals in games that are going to be really good coming up here soon. This is like your preseason, your first month of your year so far, playing underachieving teams, um, not very talented teams, Washington, um, Minnesota. The teams that you've played, not one of them will make the playoffs. Maybe the Bucs. Maybe the Bucs. The Bucs could be the team to beat instead of New Orleans and the NFC South. It'll probably come down to those two. Here's the Rams now. And here shows you a little bit of some of the woes that the uh, Rams have coming into this game. Rams are averaging 24-5 per game in the first month of the year. They're 392.8. They're fourth in offense. They're almost a complete flip-flop of who you are. They're averaging 288. 289, which is second National Football League in passing. You're playing against the second best passing attack in the NFL on Sunday versus the worst or the 27th ranked. Keep those two in mind as we move forward here. The Rams are second in the league in passing. The Eagles are 27th in pass defense. They're averaging around 104 rushing, which is 18th. Not horrible. Good enough. They're eighth and third down completion percentage. What was one of the things that was a key for Washington to stay in that game versus Philadelphia last week? They were converting on third downs. This is the eighth best team in the league on converting on third down. Rams defense, red zone for God's sake, showed something different. Two back sets or two ends. I told you it's predictable right now. Rams defense, 21-3, giving up in points, which is around 15th, 295.8 yards per game. Um, Not horrible. They're ninth. They're seventh in pass defense for the first month, which means they're playing well in the secondary. 14th versus the run, middle of the road. Not bad. That's why they're a top 10 defense the first month of the season. JM says the Rams played the worst offenses, and the Bucs have played great offenses? What, Washington? New England? The Bucs? 
Maybe Minnesota? Crazy? Who have you... When you say... When people say those things, you don't reflect back. Don't worry about that. Because you can use it right back on you and who you've played. If you use that same metric, you can't not apply it to you. Makes no sense. Geno Smith, they went up there and pounded him. Hurts in the offense. This is what I would say in this game on Sunday. Just be patient, man, with who you are. Be patient. And that means the coaches. Don't get away from something that you know you are and stick to it. Run the damn ball at them. See, I don't think they have the confidence on a consistent week-to-week basis that DeAndre Swift's not going to not get hurt. If Let me say this to you. And here's where I'm going to go. If they're telling Jalen Hurts to get down and slide, why wouldn't they be trying to preserve DeAndre Swift and his running and making sure that he's there for them in week 17 also? If they're in the market right now looking for another back and they haven't even activated Penny, what would make you think that they're not looking at the same thing with Swift? Because he has a history of not finishing seasons or playing the totality of games in a season. Okay? I mean, wouldn't they be telling him or wouldn't they be trying to protect him? They tried to do it in game one. I mean, I think they – look, I think the Eagles want to win as many games as they possibly can in the regular season. And I think they're – right now they're focused on getting everybody to the second season. I don't know how focused they are right now on the regular season because they know how the NFC looks. It's really, in my opinion, if you look at the first month so far, it's a two-headed horse race in the NFC right now with Dallas and Detroit kind of trying to get in the room. Am I wrong? It's really San Francisco and Philly. And the rest of those teams are kind of not trying to, they're trying to join the party. They're just trying to join the party. Rest of those teams, you look at those guys and you go like this. I don't know. Right? So, I think the Eagles may get their first complete game here if the coaching is smart. It's a four and a half point game. My problem is this in this game, and here, here, here's the problem in this game was twofold: the coaching and decision making and how you're going to have a game plan. Okay. You have the second-best offense in the NFL going against one of the worst pass defenses. Does that concern you? And if you say no because we'll pressure the quarterback and he's kind of banged up, okay? So your D-line has to win the game. Second or, let's see.
fifth worst defense in pass coverage in pro football are the Eagles. You're not worried. And they're the second best passing attack. They're the second best passing attack versus the fifth worst pass defense. You're not worried. You think your your issues are not as big as the Rams issues. Is that how you look at this? Stafford takes chances out there throwing balls. That will be INT because he has to because they're not super running the ball. He makes higher percentage turnover plays because he throws the ball three times more than Hurts. Hurts doesn't have to throw the ball three times more. Well, he might now because the organization's telling him not to run more. There's no question the organization stops the Eagles from putting teams away right now because they're more concerned about his health than finishing teams off. That's a fact. That's a complete fact. They're more concerned with that. I'm not sure it's wrong. Because there's so... You see, the, the, the Eagles have elite talent going into this game. Okay? Elite talent going into this game. But because of decision-making, they'll make the game close. Fans act like... They can have concerns and be confident in their team at the same time. Correct. They're, they're the more elite team. The Rams get passing yards. The Eagles give up passing yards. It's simple math. No, because they look at a guy like Matthew Stafford who won a Super Bowl, and you know, they think he's they think he's chopped liver. He's the best quarterback they'll play since the Super Bowl. Okay. He's the best quarterback you'll play since you've you've played Mahomes. I agree with the statement 1,000%. He's looked so awkward running the ball this year, like he's forcing the slides. He's totally forcing the slides because they're forcing him to slide. That's why this game's close. This is a 30-26 ball game in my eyes. Eagles. You're just better. But it will be close because of the way you're playing and the way your quarterback's being coached. That's how I, I mean, here, here, here's, if you played the style you played a year ago, 38-20, Eagles, you should win this game 38-20, but you won't. You'll win it 30-26. Uh, what I just said, I'm sure everyone disagrees. If you played like the style and you let and took the harness off Hertz, he'd win 38-20. But since you won't, it's 30-26. What game have you beaten a team by 16 points, dude? Isaac. What game have you beaten a team by 16 points this year? You've given up 20-point leads, and you've given up 16-point leads. Where in your right mind do you come off saying 
that you're going to beat a team by 16 points when you've taken on teams that aren't really that hot, maybe the Bucs. Maybe the Bucs. Right? Thirty-eight, sixteen. Where have you dominated this year? Tampa. Okay. Okay. You think the Rams are better than the Bucks? Do the Rams have more talent than the Bucks? Surely, in the passing game, they do. Because the quarterback's better. You may have the same talent of wide receivers. They deep. They're deeper though. In Los Angeles, Los Angeles is deeper. There's a bigger star in Tampa, but you got a Super Bowl champion quarterback in Los Angeles. And you got a star offensive play caller and the head coach, like you do in Kansas City. That's why that game's close. The only reason it's close is because of coaching, the way they're going to go about this game. Here, I can already see what the side's going to do. They're going to be so fearful of Stafford ripping your secondary apart They're going to be blitzing. And so to me, you're going to see a lot of quick passes to start that football game by McVay to get that thing slowed down and to make your offensive line or you make your defensive line ineffective like Washington did. You got home five times, but Sam Howell still had a good game. Okay? He still had a good game. He was up near 68% completion percentage. He still had a good game. He threw for 290. Okay, I mean, you're going to see a lot of the same passing routes that you saw in Washington that the enemy had that you're going to see with the Rams. Just maybe in different eye sets and maybe different backfield sets, especially where they are on the hash mark. Okay? Judge... You told us after Jalen Hurts got hurt last year versus the Bears that coaching staff was going to – yeah, I did. And I will say this to you. It's true. I did say I'd like to see Jalen run less. Well, if you see Jalen run less, you won't win. There's no sense of paying him $50 million. This is your guy. Whether he pays five years or 10 years, 15 years, this is who he is. And if you're going to go with that and ride that, I would never. Because I don't think there's a high ceiling. There's never been a high ceiling for dual-threat quarterbacks. There's never been. And for me, if you're going to go down that, which you have and you've chosen to, this is your guy. You can't, like Vermeil says, take that part of his game away. And they're trying to, what they're trying to do is take that part of the game away. And they're, they're, they're changing his game. JM goes like this. Russell Wilson evolved. Russell Wilson evolved into a non-championship quarterback. That's what he involved in. Thank you, JM. Because early in his career, when he was running around and he was more of a dual threat early in his career, he was more effective in getting them to the Super Bowls. And he was also more effective in getting to AFC and NFC championship games. Remember, they made a switch back in the early days. I don't know if he was part of that. 
But at the end of the day, the more he evolved into a passer, the less they won. He won a Super Bowl as a dual threat guy, not as a passing quarterback. You're right. He evolved out of what he was. Do you think the back end of Russell Wilson's career was as good as the front end when it came to winning? The games that mattered? Show me. Seattle didn't want him to change. He wanted to change. And in his quest to change, he changed his game. That was more the quarterbacks doing than the organization. They didn't want to change him. He wanted to last. So put up some empty calorie stats later in his career, made a ton of money, and has no winning to prove for it anymore. Those teams struggle now with him at quarterback. Congratulations, you evolved into a non-winning quarterback. <laughs> Joey goes, Russ had the Legion of Boom. Okay, so they had Marshawn Lynch running the ball. They played lights-out defense. And they had a quarterback who wasn't really the leading centerpiece on that team, taking teams to Super Bowls. Russell Wilson was carried to Super Bowls early on by that, those components. Russell Wilson was never the same quarterback once they lost Marshawn Lynch. Don't kid yourself. He became Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. You could paint it any way you want, but did he did do the same winning he had when he was winning that style of ball back in the day? Don't let that happen to Hurts. Sliding early. Trying to make him a pocket. You'll, you'll have more empty calorie stats than Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. You keep doing this. You're changing this guy into what he's not. Same thing they did to Wilson. I get the fact you want to keep him around. Jalen does not need to run the ball more, but what he doesn't need to do is lower his shoulder. Hey, hey Dirty, I want more effective runs. Absolutely. So how many people think DeAndre Swift is helping Hurts' game right now? Do you think he's hurting or helping his game? His personal game. Do you think DeAndre Swift is helping or hurting Jalen Hurts' personal game? Not the team. Not the team. But do you think he's hurting? Do you think he's help? You think he's helping? He looks less effective to me since Swift has been added. Teams don't fear the Eagle passing game. They fear the big pass play. But they fear the run attack. Everything comes off that run game. Dude, seriously, when you prepare for the Eagles, I'm not thinking about how many yards you're going to throw on me. I'm thinking about how many, how many rushing yards you're going to run on me. That is a defensive quarter, coordinator's nightmare. Dude, I, you, wanna, you throw for 400 yards, 500 yards, I'm still in a ball game. Because that means you're going to throw the ball 100 times. You're going to have at least four, four three and outs somewhere in there. And I'm going to get back into the ball game, and we'll be good. Shit, you played against Tom Brady, threw for 500 yards and lost. But when you have a team run for 200 yards on you, there's no chance of winning. Because you don't get the ball back. 
You look, hey, when a team runs for 225 on you or 238 on you, do you know what it, you know what you know, you know how that feels? You probably get the ball twice in the first half, twice in the second half. You may have six total offensive series max. So when those six times you touch the ball and you get this ball, you have to make 28 points. The chances of that happening are limited. Personally, I think DeAndre Swift's hurt. Jalen Hurts' game. He's been great. But why does Jalen look timid running the ball? How about this one? Do you think he looks timid running the ball? Timid's not a good name because he's not a timid player. Apprehensive. You think he's apprehensive running the ball? Because I don't want to use the, I wouldn't use the word timid on him. Okay, because he's not a timid player. I wouldn't use the word timid on him in anything in his life, actually. You call it smart? So he's thinking about what they're saying. And that's why it looks apprehension. Okay, let's use that word. Um, how about this? I think he's apprehensive. I think your play caller's timid. Fear of getting hurt in an NFL game? Jesus, dude. How many games have you ever really put a game plan together for? The next man up, it's what let's go, man. That Eagle team, or no, the Eagle, the, the Eagles are such an elite roster. Thank God. Y- y- hey, let, let's put it here. Dan, do you think that that football team by the end of the year will have enough elite roster pieces to it to win a Super Bowl? Yes. Do you think the organization going into the playoffs will have another opportunity to get to a Super Bowl? Is that counting coaching? Yes. No. Now, can they evolve? Are these games helping your coordinators? Probably. Probably. (laughs) Probably helping them. Look at Scott. Johnson beat Belichick. And? And? Are you suggesting to me that you think that Brian Johnson is smart enough to beat Andy Reid in a Super Bowl? Really? Or or a uh, Jim Schwartz? Really? I, you can't look at it like that. They got lesser talent in New England. I'll put it to you this way. If Bill Belichick was the head football coach of the New England Patriots and Brian Johnson was the offensive coordinator in New England, they'd have beat that team 50 to nothing. As a matter of fact, from now on, we're going to make a new rule here. I'm not answering dumbasses and stupid analogies. So we're going to do this here. 
Um, 30-26. That'll be my takeaway. It's Howie because they don't want another Wentz debacle with him becoming injury prone, so they aren't willing to sacrifice everything for health. Well, Ace, if they're going to sac- not sacrifice everything, you won't win anything. You've got to sacrifice everything to win. You sacrificed everything to win the 17th Super Bowl. Does it, is, I, I don't get why they're so apprehensive now, knowing full well they went through 17 and won a Super Bowl with that direct opposite mentality. In 17, Wentz was out in law. You know what's crazy about this moment, too? Is this the first time the Eagles are out in Los Angeles since Wentz was injured? Tone, is this the first time playing the Rams since Wentz's injury? So this is the first game. It's not at the Coliseum. This is the first game that the Eagles will be in as an organization since Carson Wentz's injury, where he played that last series and scored on an injured, then got up off the ground and walked into the locker room. I'll tell you what, man. I did like that. Didn't he finish this? A a tone. Didn't he finish the drive and the series? Get up and then walk into the tunnel, and that was it for him the rest of the year. Didn't he do that? I could I I I I, re, I thought I remember that. He ended his pretty much the way he played ball that MVP year. That MVP season. He got up after being injured. Scores, I think it was a touchdown or something. Did he run it in? Got up, walked off the field and into the Coliseum tunnel. And that was it. Really, his greatest moment. Okay? Back then, when Wentz tore the ACL, he got up, continued the drive, then threw a TD without moving his feet. It was like this dude is a monster. I tell you what, dude. It never got better for him, obviously. But that is gangster. That is gangster. Let me finish it. Okay, I'm done. Coaching was far superior in 17 and even had a change to fit Nick. They did, too. That's got to be Carson. That's got to be Carson Wentz's greatest moment as an Eagle. Is getting up and finishing that drive, throwing a touchdown on an injured wheel. Swift is benefit. Oh yes, Mark. That's a great take. Swift is benefiting from Jalen Hurts's threat to run, as defenses are holding the totally. Mark, absolutely true. Absolutely, absolutely true. 
Swift is completely benefiting from the fear that people have. I don't fear DeAndre Swift. I fear that guy. I, I fear I fear Jalen Hurts. Oh, absolutely true. That's my all-time favorite Wentz moment, despite the injury. Dude, look at the two greatest moments, not to reflect back, but since you're going back to L.A., look at the look at the two moments in that year. Wentz finishing that drive in Los Angeles pretty much gave you home field with that win. You 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 win that game, and then the Philly Philly in the Super Bowl will never be forgotten. And I know you guys don't like Carson Wentz, and you don't want to bring the name up. But you'll never forget that that drive. That's one of the greatest drives of all time by an injured player because he won. Sean McVay confirms Cooper Cup is good to go versus the Eagles on Sunday. Damn. Hey, man. 30 26 versus the 27th ranked defense. Man. Joseph, what do you think, man? Cooper Cup's playing. Woo, man. Damn. Cup Cup is going to make a break for who wins. Can we stop him or not? Who covers? Okay. So who's covering, I can't say the kid's name and I won't try. Who's covering the BYU kid? Bradbury. Okay. Slay's got Cup or no? Who are you putting on Cup? Then they got another kid there too who's doing pretty decent. Damn. Oh my lord, man. I don't know here. Dude, so you got Cooper Cup, the BYU kid, that other dude that's playing well. Who's their tight end, Tone? Is he anything? Is the tight end anything? Do they have a tight end in, in Los Angeles? Shit, I don't know. Stafford got destroyed by the 14th pass defense. Stafford ate up Seattle. Hey, Mac Jones ate up the Eagle defense. So did um, Kirk Cousins. So did Sam Howell. <laughs> oh, you got that Higby kid? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's anybody. You got it? Hey, that's where it is. Right there, Tony. Tony, that's exactly where it is. Tony, you got to get pressure. Like, to me, this has got to be a game where Hassan Reddick is unleashed. Hey, maybe you played a kid Nolan Smith to get. Where's Nolan Smith? SOS. Can we get some smoke signals for the kid? Does he play? How many guys? Hey, have you seen that guy play at all? Has Smith played? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ripping him. Has he played? I haven't seen him really play in a ball game yet. Okay, let's see. Well, the I mean, the Rams are ninth in total defense. 
Fletcher Cox is out. Maybe he gets more reps. Okay. Right? Man, that's crazy great. This, hey, this game here. Okay, so I told you 30-26. Let's see some scores. I want to write some of these down because I do it every week. Yeah, Jalen Carter gets a start. You're going to have Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis starting. 49-42. Well, that favors the Rams. 31-19. You give up 20 you give up 23 points a game, but he go 10 versus second best offense. 36-33. Damn. Tone's going over the over because I think it's 50. 36-33. Woo! Eagles. That Eagle pass defense has me shook. And now... With Cooper Cup coming in. Now with Cooper Cup coming in. How you doing? Oh, man. Oh, dear God. All right. I got another Eagle topic for you, too, at the top. My boy Tone's going to join me at 3.30. The greatness of Philly Godfather is going to join us. We're also going to do this. We're going to look at the Cowboy game. Versus the 49ers because it affects the Eagles. Like I said, you know, my prediction, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, hey, my prediction, I said Dallas and Buffalo would make it to the Super Bowl. I do think that Dallas is trying to join the party of the 49ers, okay, and the Eagles. I do. I think you two guys are the baddest dudes on the block. You're the two baddest dudes on the block. Okay? I want to look at that. Another eagle topic here. Don't forget our great friends at Hooters. The official sponsor of the National Football Show. We so appreciate you guys being part of it. And with all the football going on this weekend, my friends, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to have all my friends go into one of the seven Northeast locations by going to northeasttutors.com you'll understand what i'm talking about the places are packed my friends at king of prussia great schedule we kind of move things around a little bit we're going to be showing up real soon look if you don't want to go into any one of the places do me a favor order on the app hooters to go.com that's hooters to go.com the iconic hooter girls will bring the food out to you You'll understand what I'm talking about with some of these great 40-year traditions. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, that is the year the place was founded. Look, football and Hooters. What better can you have during the fall? NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. And when you go into any one of the locations, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you.
football and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Sills, thanks for coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Before we move on to the game, a little bit more here with Rams and Eagles. Do you think Magic Johnson fired a warning shot today when he said that there was no fire on the sidelines for Washington when it came to that Bears game? Could they fire Ron Rivera and give the interim tag or the permanent tag to Eric Bieniemy in season. Could they do that? I mean, Maniac makes a great point. What is a 4% owner of a team talking out loud like that? He's a minority stakeholder in that thing. Why does he have the megaphone and it's not Josh Harris? Josh Harris clearly gave him the permission to say that. You're never going to, as a minority owner, have you ever heard a minority owner anywhere barking about anything about a football team? That's correct, JM. Magic Johnson's Magic Johnson is Josh Harris's mouthpiece now. 
a 4% owner, is saying something publicly? Seriously, man. I'd be like this. If you you think Jerry Jones would let a 4% owner of the Dallas Cowboys, you think he'd let a 4% owner bark something out about his team not playing well against Arizona? So I think what they're planning on doing, I think they're planning on making it so they're going to put Eric Bieniemy in and they're going to name him the permanent head coach moving forward. And I think that's probably going to happen over the next couple of weeks. That's un, that's so, that was so weird. So weird to hear a 4% owner say something. I mean, I was like, what is he doing talking? Since when do minority owners, when it comes to owning a team, have a say in public about the way a team is playing? It's co- Minority owners don't have opinions. They're lucky to be investing. Name me, okay then, Elliot. Name me another minority owner you ever heard say something about a team not playing well and there's no fire in the belly. In the 105 years of the league, name me one. Magic Johnson? They're getting ready to fire Ron. Ron Rivera. Matt Eberflew saved his gig last night. Okay. Matt Eberfuss saved his gig. He did. Again, before we move on here, I thought it was pretty cool that what T.O. said about Eagle fans. How many people in here like Terrell Owens? Not justifying it, but how many minority owners are Magic Johnson? You think that matters to those 32 white owners? You think they look at Magic Johnson? Well, maybe because Josh Harris is a hoop guy. Maybe, maybe I would say this, Tone, maybe because Harris knows Magic's, how, how, how big and important Magic is because he deals with the NBA guys. There, there could be that dynamic in there. There could be that dynamic. Sure, okay, I, yeah, I didn't think about it because he looks at him in a different light because he's a Sixers owner. Okay? Sports radio, do you ever say anything positive about Philly? Yeah, I said you go to the Super Bowl last year. Is that positive enough? Just asking you one thing about... Um, T.O., do you, do you think Philadelphia Eagle fans like him? Do Eagle fans and Philly sports fans like him? Do they like him? I thought he said something pretty cool about you guys. In a San Francisco, because personally, I got why I covered him out there when he was with the Niners. Okay, you know what he said? He was asked a question yesterday on a morning show called The Game. I was supposed to be the morning guy that thing a couple of years back, but that's another day. And he goes, where do you think you got the most love? And you know what they said? And you know what he said? He goes, I get more respect from the Eagle fans 
And they look at me and revering, and revering more, and they like me more. I think so. I never came across a fan that dogged him. Fans always blame McNabb for what it turned out to be. So do I. He goes like this. Yeah, man, Eagle fans. And they're like, no, no. And I go, well, I was on KMBR 68. And I'll tell you what they used to say about Owens. They didn't like the way he carried himself. He was very un-Jerry Rice-like. Rice loves him. Rice used to have to defend him. And it was because he was taking the, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, Tone, you'll like this. I think the day they honored Rice, he was still playing with the Niners. Owens had 20 catches. On the day they honored Rice, he had 20. He had this game. I went on the air the next day. I'm like, hey, that's some honoring of Jerry Rice. The heir apparent has 20 catches. And I'm going, I'm on the air going, hey, that's some way to honor somebody. The, 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 uh, the new guy who's going to take his gig had 20 catches and broke a team record. Okay? I mean, yeah. He, hey, he made them guys go, no. And I'm like, they never liked him out there because he was the replacement to Jerry Rice. You know how that is. They don't like the new guy. They didn't like Mantle in New York. They didn't like... A-Rod, when he came in because they didn't want him to take some of the shine away from Jeter. You know, I mean, it was, that just happens. I, totally, man. The T.O.'s like, no, nah, man, Eagle fans. I was so happy to hear him. Say, and it never dawned on me because I said this, I go, in, in San Francisco, they give a shit about how you act, your personality, what kind of dude you are. In Philadelphia, they only care you win. And you produce best worst star in Dallas. Hey, am I right? All they cared about with T.O. was he produced and he was good. Anyone. That's all they cared about. In San Francisco, it's about the look, how you carry yourself, all that other shit that doesn't matter at all. Totally, man. Oh, he shut that radio station down. People calling in. That's why we always hated him. I'm like, yeah, you did always hate him. That was an absolute fact. You always did hate him. Okay? All right. So, are you worried about Stafford versus your secondary? I'm going to add something here. Are you worried about the number two passing attack versus the number 27? Yes. I want to see how many people think that that could be an issue. No, Stafford, a fraud. A little bit worried. No, when we put the ball on the star. Oh, that was great. It was. I worry Big Fletch is not going to play. That's a factor. No, hell no. Yes. No, come on. Absolute. Okay. So those who are saying no, not at all, I have no absolute worries. Well, let me add another dynamic. Are you worried about the number two offense versus the number 27 
pass defense. And to combine that, are you concerned about Sue Petta versus Aaron Donald? So those two dynamics together, are you concerned about? Yes or no? Yes, Matthew Stafford going for 400. So Sue Petta versus Aaron Donald and the number two offense versus the number 27 pass defense. How about those two dynamics? Are you concerned? Riley says he's not concerned. Donald's time is up. Uh, Tone, am I right? The guy who's been graded out the number one defensive tackle in the first month. Hasn't it been Donald? They'll slide help to Peta or run at Donald. Oh, they're going to run at Donald. They're going to run at Donald. Run right at Donald. Look at you guys. Holy cow. We actually have some people who drank some some smart juice today. Okay. Sports talk culture burns me up sometimes. Now Donald is washed. We must be living in the twilight zone. <laughs> No, 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 no. Tony, you got to remember, he's washed this week, but he won't be after this week. Okay? You see, Tone, I could be a – see, I'm a sports psychologist now. I, I know how people in sports talk listeners, watchers now, I know how they act. It's very interesting in its own dynamic. They're actually harder to deal with than political people. I used to do a show on 97 WFLA. And I did it before, what was his name? Beck. Glenn Beck came in. And I'm friends with Glenn Beck. And Glenn Beck's like, how do I do? I joke, just talk shit. (laughs) Hey, hey, Tone, just talk shit. Don't worry, whatever you think. Just talk shit. It's not working. I go, just give it time. Trust me. You'll be like a foot fungus too. Okay? Jalen Carter's rookie of the year. He's rookie of the month. Sure. Okay? Neil, good afternoon, my friend. They had Donald rank second. Okay. First or second. Some people in here call that washed. Mara, thank you. Thank you. Big Sills in here barely passed the first great. <laughs> now that's impressive. <laughs> uh, we're more physical, you think? Hey, you think there'll be a football game you go into where you're not going to be the more physical team? The only game you're going to run into where that is is San Francisco, and they're not more physical than you. They're as physical. Okay? 
there's not going to be an upper hand in who's a tougher guy in that fight. No one, no one, nobody gets, nobody gets that advantage. You're both tough. You're both mean. You're both bullies. No, no, nobody, nobody, no, no, no. Joseph goes San Fran. No, no, man, you got to beat the champ before you can start barking about being better. That's that, that don't roll here. You don't get the benefit of the doubt till you beat the champ. He still, the Philadelphia Eagles still hold the heavyweight or the NFC championship belt. San Francisco's got to take the belt from him first before he can start barking. Let's not challenge Aaron Donald or Stafford Sunday. <laughs> okay? Hey, Philadelphia Eagles on the NFC championship belt. San Francisco, you can bark and tell you how great you are and Purdy's this and Christian McCaffrey has all this. But until you beat the champ and take the belt from him, they have the belt. Until you replace him as champion, it's what it is. You don't get the advantage because you think you're better. You got to take the belt off him. Silver medal belt? That's not what I said. You got to first win your conference before you get a shot at the brass slipper. Okay? You've got to win your conference. And you're the reigning champ. Take the belt from them. Take the belt. Take the belt. Hey, I may talk shit on you. And I may kind of needle you at times. But don't get that wrong. The Philadelphia Eagles have the NFC belt around their waist. And they get the parade around as champion. The same way Kansas City gets the parade around because they hold the World Heavyweight Championship. And until someone takes that championship from them, I don't give a shit who you are. You're just talk. Well, we're better. No, I think we're better. Okay, great. Well, that guy, how come when they walk into a room, they have a heavyweight title belt on and you've got a Hello Kitty belt on? You got a Hello Kitty belt or you got like a belt that you won when you were in junior high school and you won it from the pump passing kick contest and they got the heavyweight championship belt. You got the pump passing kick belt. They got the heavyweight belt. The Fangio scheme allows the dink and dunks at the expense of explosive plays. Only one wide receiver has had over a hundred yards on us. The numbers are deceiving. I don't believe the numbers are deceiving when you're talking about the quality quarterback that's doing it against you. You may look at it that way. Mac Jones got benched and he threw for 320 yards on you. We're not talking about elite. So really, so you think those numbers are misleading when you're talking about the talent of quarterback like Baker Mayfield, Sam Howe, who had his fifth start and Mac Jones, and you think it's deceiving. I don't. Those guys are not quality quarterbacks. Okay, they're not quality quarterbacks. Okay? No, no, no. Hey, let me say one more time to you. I think the Niners are really good. I think they're... Wait a minute. Kissing ass? So you really think if you don't hold a heavyweight championship belt of the year or the conference championship belt, you could parade around 
and your skivvies pretending to be the champ because you went down in your dad's basement and you made a championship belt and you crowned yourself like you're Chad Johnson? I think that's funny. Okay? I actually think that's funny. How come no one answers this? Are you are you hey, are you concerned about Sue Petta versus Aaron Donald? Hertz has been hit. Those that go Sills, is Stafford a quality quarterback? They got the number two passing offense in the NFL. Look at Keon, man. Sue Petta's an all pro. No issues. Yeah. Aaron Donald. Mines will be Donald Duck. Oh, Keon's got it down, man. Aaron Donald's Donald Duck to me. Not worried about this guy. He's Donald Duck. Sue Petta. Sills, have you seen this beast? I actually have. What's your take on him? I think he's a good backup. Backup? He's an all-pro, Sills. <laughs> of course. Well, he better be. He better be. He better be. Hey, there's that 21 in one. Love it. Fantastic. Congratulations. That is your identity. 21 in one. Couldn't be spoken by a better Philadelphian, I'm sure. 21 and one. You should put that on a t-shirt. Eagle fans are 21 and one. I'd like a t-shirt that says champion on it, but hey, I'll take 21 and one. <laughs> and I, hey, come on now. I don't want to hurt any feelings. It's a football Friday. You should put 4-0 on too. 21 and one right above it, then 4-0. Eagle fans are 21 and one, 4-0. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> hey, come on. I told you. I'm I'm trying to be nice today. Okay? I'm, I'm actually trying to be nice. Okay? Just trying to be nice. What are the cowgirls then? What are the... What would you think I would call the cowgirls? According to you, the cowgirls. What what would you call the cow? I told you what I called them. They're the Kardashians of the NFL. They're the Kardashians. They're like the Osbournes. Or... Watching like Bruce Jenner, Caitlin. They're, you're like watching some sort of like reality show that you come away with more confused than when you first tuned it on. Sills, Philly loves you. Can the Phillies beat the Braves? Great pitching, man. It's gonna come down to putting them runs up on that on that Braves pitching staff. That's a great organization. The Kardashians. That's who they are. Hey, what, what other like really freaky, 
What's the one with Tone Loke in it? Not Tone Loke. Flavor Flav. What's the one with flavor in it? And Stallone's old chick. That was another one of those reality shows. I was like, okay, I don't get this. I'm not sure what this is. <laughs> How poorly did pay to play versus commanders concerned? Um, Seals, can, can you suit up this weekend? I can't jump over a, a stack of dimes right now. We could play Kansas City. They'll tell you he's one-dimensional. They are one-dimensional, Kansas City. They, well, they're getting better with Pacheco. All right. Let me get my list here. Let's get my boy Tone in here. Get his thoughts on what he's going to say. How are you feeling, sir? Feeling great, man. Great week for you, too, brother. Great Appreciate week. it. How's my oh, internet going? Um, my internet has been uh, acting all funny today. How, how, how's it treating you right now? All good, man. All right, sounds good. How about this? You all right? Internet's all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. right. Let's have some fun today. All right. Let me ask you flat out here. Okay. Biggest concern going into this football game on Sunday? Pass defense easily. I mean, you said it, right? Uh, The the Los Angeles Rams, they're ranked top three, I believe. I think they're the second or the the first. I mean, they, they lead, you know, they're top three in the league in terms of passing yards. Now, they have struggled putting the ball in the end zone, in the air. I will say that much. So maybe that's a saving grace. But still, the fact of the matter is, when it comes to putting up the passing yards and moving the ball, they've shown that they're capable of doing that. The numbers say that. And on top of that, you have Sean McVay, who's one of, in my opinion, one of the best teamers in the NFL. You can't sleep on that combo. So Sean have And again, pass defense, man. They've, they've made me very nervous. So uh, that's that's my main concern, passing defense. How about Sue Petta versus Donald? So here's my thing uh, when it comes to that, right? It's important for a guy coming in like that. It's important for him to, it's important for him to be as confident in his, in his game as possible. So if you want Sue Petta to be confident, you have to get him going forward instead of getting him Instead of having him, instead of having him backpedal, in my opinion, you build confidence in the offensive line through the run game. You don't build confidence in you don't build confidence on the old line in the pass game. In my humble opinion, those guys get confidence by put, those guys get confident by laying hands and feet on the opponent. So if you want to get Sewell Petter confident, if you want to get him going, if you want to have him believing in what you're telling him, have him going forward. Allow allow him to inflict his will on Aaron Donald and force Aaron Donald to have to play the run. So I think that's how you have to play this game. You have to start with your run and be patient. This isn't a game where you want to just go out there and release all the dogs. You want you want to be patient in this game. Allow your all time and if you allow your run game to focus for your right guard. Um, I would say this to you too, Tone. I would I, I would go here with this. I would start the game out the same way that they started the New England Patriot game, where I would start on a 14-play drive, I would start the ball, and I would make I would make the Rams have to beat me and making them be able to throw the ball. Because let me say this to you, man. There's no reason for Jalen Hurts to have to throw the ball in this game until the Rams can prove they can stop the run. And like you said, and I love that idea, that Peta getting confidence will be blocking him. Then you get blocked downs on Lane Johnson. I'd run the ball right at Aaron Aaron Donald, just like Arizona ran the ball at Michael Parsons. You see, personally, Tone, this is going to come off crazy. 
I personally don't think Aaron Donald is a physical football player. Really? I think he's a finesse player. Mm. You know why I say that? Here's, here's who he is. He's playing on more defenses that have given up five yards of carry than any defensive tackle with over 100 sacks in pro football history. And if he's such a great dynamic player and he's such a, do, a, a player that can go both ways, I would look at it like this. Well, how come he don't play like Sapp? When Sapp was on that 2002 team, they played the shit out of the run. They pass rushed. They were exceptional. I absolutely, like I said yesterday, and I'll hold to it, I think Fletcher Cox has been more of a, a two-way player than Aaron Donald's ever been. Yeah, Fletcher Cox, he just does everything you need him to do. Um, Aaron Donald, yeah, he doesn't play the run that well. He's he's undersized for the position in general. But, you know, what he does in a pass rush, you know, regardless, that's a guy you have to key in on. So I think it's important. It's important for the Eagles to get that running game started. But, see, that is what you – this is what separates the Eagles versus everyone else is that, okay, most teams – because get, get this, Aaron Donald is built for the perfect NFL of today. Because how many run attacks is he actually going to play? There's a reason why the Rams struggle against the 49ers every time they play them. It's because they run the ball at them, and they run the ball. How many do you think dominant running attacks the Rams and him are going to play in a year? Three? The rest of them are all going to be pass, one-dimensional quarterbacks who five-step drop. He's got a free run to the quarterback. They're not going to be that much of a threat in running the ball. He's set up perfectly. But when you run into a team like Philly – or you run into a team like San Francisco, that's when I think you can neutralize him. But that's my fear, right? My fear is that this team, or the right, coaches coaching. rather, my, my fear is that they're going to get too cute too early in this game, when in reality they had the blueprint to beat this team. So I don't understand why I'm hearing people say they should start with the pass. That's asinine to me. Um, I really think this team should really lead with the run and allow them to, and allow themselves to really inflict, the, inflict their will on the opponent. L- let me ask something to this, right? The Los Angeles Rams, they're 2-2 two and two in the season. They have yet to win the game at home. So right now, they already have that working against them. On top of that, at home, they're giving up over 150 rushing yards. On the road, they're only, on the road, they're only giving up about 90, 95. You see that difference? It's not like it's 150 and 120 or no. mid 90 or 110. They're terrible for some reason at defending the run in their own stadium. You have to you have you have to lean in on it. You have to put pressure on guys in the long term. Yeah, I you know, and again, I I think sometimes those just come with circumstances, but as you said, Tone. When it gets to a point where it's so dramatic like that, it's got to be something to do with the crowd noise in the building that they're not hearing communication in the secondary back there or they're not hearing either to slide the front. They're not hearing because there's no question. I can't tell you how many times, Tone, that I have, I have watched a game where the Rams call timeout because the crowd noise – it's too loud for them to communicate down the line of scrimmage defensively or even offensively. So I think they struggle at that place at home. And they, I, the Rams actually have struggled at home since they've actually moved into SoFi. Really? I ne- I ne- see, I never gave it much thought because we don't play the Rams like that. So that's right. I, I, I never bothered to even think about what's the Rams' personal record at home. But again, you know, when you have a team. <laughs> Yeah.
Tony, you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. You got me? Yeah, I got you. You're going in and out a little bit. Let's yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's yeah, let's, 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 let's not make it short today because my internet has been um really acting up all day, man. So all right, let's just you know. let's just okay. Give me a give me a final score here. Uh, my final score is Eagles 36-33. 36-33. That is our friend Tone. Tone, thank you so much, man, for fighting no, through this for us. I yeah, really man. Sorry, and all, and also live chat. Sorry about that, you guys. Normally, all week, you know, I'm 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 pretty solid. So I appreciate you guys for sticking with me. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, man, it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's hey, all good. by the way, Joe Rogan two days ago had bad Wi-Fi. It's not got anything to do with the guy being broke. Jesus, Grimey, you people. Are not hey, listen, here. man, I ain't worried about that, man. Listen, it's the live chat for a reason. Trolls are gonna be trolls. Absolutely, Tone. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, my friend. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's our good friend there. So we'll move on here. Well, I'll make this point and I, and look, run the ball. I, Hey, Aaron Donald, in my opinion, Aaron Donald, I think he's a finesse player. Why would you play to his strength by throwing the ball 38 times and getting down? I don't want to get, you're, this is going to, hey, I would not, I don't want to get Dallas Goddard going in this game. I don't want to get Dallas Goddard going in this game. I want Dallas Goddard blocking in this, in this game. His impact will be felt blocking. Okay. His impact will be felt blocking. I want him, in my opinion, I want him blocking. Run the ball 38 times. I would say run the ball 38 times. Um, pass the ball 25. Jalen 275, 75, 65, somewhere in there. You win the game easily. You win the game easily. All right. I want to do this now. Let's move on to the next topic here. I haven't even gotten to the second topic. Who has to have in this game on Sunday... A huge game for the Eagles to win, not name Jalen Hurts. Randy Gregory traded to the 49ers for sixth round and Broncos give them a seventh rounder in 2024. What did I tell you? Eagles, Cowboys, Niners. One of those three teams, we're going to get them. And now the Niners just got stronger. The Niners just got stronger. Tone, can you confirm that, please? If we could confirm that. That Randy Gregory. Niners got stronger. If that deal has come through here um wow what a significant move it's confirmed the san francisco 49ers 
have acquired Randy Gregory. Three-team race. Matt says, of course he does, that Randy Gregory was hot garbage. And why was Howie making a call? The Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners were all in the conversation for Randy Gregory. Significant because why would that move be? See, Mr. What's-His-Name, Rudy, significant with smiley faces. Why is that significant? And why doesn't he know it's significant? Tell him. Does anyone know why it's significant? Why is that move significant? Because he doesn't understand. Will someone tell him? Why is that significant? Dirty and depth or dose? Correct. You become stronger because there's more of you. you you're stronger because... So let me get this right. If Josh Sweat goes down for you, who do you slug in there? Derek Barnett? They get to slug Randy Gregory in. Who has the upper hand then? And the replacement in the war of attrition. See, he doesn't understand that. You're protecting yourself from injuries and you're making sure you're strong everywhere. Nolan Smith... That's a crime too. So you think Nolan Smith is more of an upgrade than Randy Gregory. That's not true. Okay? That's not true. You don't have a player on your second team better than that guy, Randy Gregory. You do not. He's 30 years old. He's, oh, I see. So you guys now believe in Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow, but you don't think a guy like Randy Gregory could go into San Francisco and help him. Again, stay in that river called denial. It's all good. Most of you in here don't understand football. Look, the NFL, as usual, is a different thing. It's money and depth that win Super Bowls too, along with talent. It's money, depth, Coaching, all of that has to play completely. Best of luck to Randy. Best of luck. You better hope Sweat don't get hurt. Brandy Graham's kind of playing okay. You don't think he would have helped your edge rushers in Philly? Let me, let me ask this one. Would Randy Gregory have helped Philly? Yes or no? Would Randy Gregory have helped Philly? Would he have helped? Watch this. No. 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 No, but Derek Barnett does. (laughs) Oh, man. Derek Barnett. Holy cow. Derek Barnett. Is no Randy Gregory, man. Randy Gregory's had seven times the career he's had. This guy had to take a pay cut to stay on your team. Do you understand that? They went to him and said, hey, do you want to stay on the Eagles? You got to take a pay cut. 
Okay. <laughs> and get this, Randy Gregory gets to keep his money. How about that? How about that, Tone? The 49ers wanted him so bad, they pick up that contract now in the trade. That $70 million contract. But they don't think he's good. Okay. Interesting. Danny Gravy's hot trash. We don't need him. We got Derek Barnett. We got Derek Barnett. All right, let me get back to my question here. That's a good one. I like that question, Maniac. Yeah, let's see. Let's see the Eagles here. Derek Barnett stats. No, excuse me. Randy Gregory stats. I would never want to look up Derek Barnett stats. Let's see. Okay. Six sacks, four and a half, six. And 2022, he played in nine games, had two sacks. This year in four games, he's got one sack. And Dallas, wow, 60 games he's played. He's only started 18. So he's more of a, he's more of a depth guy. Dude, dude that's right. That's right. Brock Purdy, man, would I like to have him as my starting quarterback on my football team? Holy cow. I would rather have Brock Purdy than almost every quarterback in the NFL right now. Good night. What an absolute gold mine. It's Brady-ish. Holy cow. I would... I would rather have, of all the quarterbacks in the league, I would rather have Brock Purdy than almost every quarterback in the NFL. Give you Hurts? Okay. Why would I rather have, you notice I didn't name Hurts. All I said was, I'd rather have Brock Purdy than 95% of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Why would I say that? Lay off the weed? Small-ass contract. There you go, senor. Dude, get this. The wide receiver that you got from uh, from Atlanta makes more than Brock Purdy. Derek Barnett makes more than Brock Purdy. Sidney Brown makes more than Brock Purdy. And he wins. I could go make a trade for anyone I want. Hey, and by the way, that Chase Claypool deal to the Dolphins, what a fabulous, what a fabulous trade. You want to know why? Is there a better third wide receiver on the team than him right now? He'd be the three guy behind Waddle and and Tyreek Hill. 
Who gives a shit if he doesn't get 60 footballs? He doesn't. He just wants to go to the Super Bowl and get paid next year. Is there a better number three wide receiver on an NFL football team than Chase Claypool? No. You're going to put a one or one, two, whatever, how you look at it, in the three hole? That's value for the Dolphins. They're wide. And, of course, you've got the crazy-ass coach down there with the Hello Kitty backpack and all that shit down there that he does. Okay? Chase Claypool sitting in the three-hole with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. That's the best wide receiving core in the National Football League. You know you got the kid motivated. Chicago to to- told him to go home because he's a bitch. Well, he's got to change that dynamic. And the only way you do that is shut your pie hole, go do your job, and then get out of there with a paycheck. If there's one position in the NFL we know that pays, it's wide receiver. The number three wide receiver on a team will most likely make more money than Saquon Barkley will this coming offseason. You want to make a bet that Chase Claypool will have a bigger contract in the offseason than Saquon Barkley. You're going to pay that guy more than you're going to pay Barkley. So who'd you guys come up with? Still start lying to us, Philly fans. You make them happy, or you're going to lose some of us. <laughs> Did I just get a backhanded slap? I bet you he doesn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because they're paying running backs now. Sure. Sure. So you so. Hey, hey, Tone, everyone. I told you he's sandbagging. Saquon Barkley sandbagging the Giants right now. He's pissed off this offseason, and he's taking it out. Oh, I'm hurt. Yeah, man. You know, I got this crick in my wrist. It doesn't seem to go away. Yeah, I know you're healthy. No, 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 I'm not feeling healthy. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't blame him either. Oh, no, I don't blame him. I'm not going to work for a team like that right now. When you're script. Hey, do you guys remember when you guys say that I'm wrong on everything, right? Do you remember one of my bold predictions, Tone? That I said the New York Giants will bench Daniel Jones. And go with what it got up there, Tyra Taylor. How's that looking now? <laughs> How's that looking now? Do some of you remember or you got selective memory? Do some of you remember me going bold prediction? Daniel Jones will be replaced. By Tyrod Taylor. 
How you thinking? <laughs> How's that looking right now, that prediction? Okay. I never said they're going to bench Purdy. I may have. I may have. That's why they're called bold predictions, Chris. You got to kind of go out on a, a branch, not a limb like you. Danny Pennies. All right. I asked you guys a question. Nobody answered it. What player has to play exceptionally well this Sunday for the Eagles to win this ball game? Who has to play? Hassan Reddick? Boy, I'll tell you, man. Hey, Dirty D. I think it's Reddick. I, I think it's Hassan Reddick time. You're going to need him to get home. Yeah, Wheel, I should have prefaced it again. Not named Jalen Hurts. Hassan Reddick has got to get home, man. They got to get that quarterback. Oh, Sewell Petta. Man, he does too. The corners? You know, you, hey, you know what, though, Devin? You know why it's tough for the corners to play well in a game like this? Because they play center field. Because they play center field. I don't think Swift has to play great. He's been playing great, and every game's been close. I want a game-changing football player. I want a guy that can change the game. Hassan Reddick can change the game. Ask the 49ers. Could change the game. Terrell Edmonds, he stinks. He stinks. Hey, hey, Turner must have played football. Must have played football. That is a really great observation. Turner, you must be watching their games a little bit. If you watch what the Rams wideouts do, they do the same shit that Andy Reid does in Kansas City. There is going to be a lot of homework, and I hope the Eagle secondary has had a lot of homework. Now, you got to remember this. Devontae will go off, okay? You got to remember this, though, Turner. Just one thing on those crossing routes. When you run crossing routes, you have to take a seven-step on them. You can't take three-step and get out because you don't have time to engage when you're talking about crossing safeties and corners up and linebackers up. So that takes time. And if you're going to start crossing, crossing uh, wideouts back in the secondary, that's going to give the front seven of the Eagles an opportunity to get home. And they will get home. You know, they're not doing it at the same rate that they did last year. Okay? They're not. They're not doing it at the same rate. But you know what they are doing? They are pressuring. Nobody can convince me that Vic Fangio's style of defense is good. Any quarterback that can get rid of the ball quick will look like a superstar. Dirty. Correct. This is why the Eagles, when you look at them against top-flight quarterbacks, have big days. But do you know what? Look at the schedule at the look at the schedule of the Eagles. Look at the first four games. Vic Fangio's defense is perfect for the first four games. Why? Because you know somewhere in there, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, uh, Mac Jones, and Sam Howe are going to make mistakes. You know that. 
Vic Fangio wants to keep you everything underneath, and he wants to make you drive the field. He wants to play you between the 20s, 20 to 20. He don't give a shit about anything 20 to 20. What he cares about is red zone, big plays. He doesn't want you to be effective in the red zone, and he doesn't want the plus 25 plays. That's Vic Fangio's style. Very little pressure. Hope you have a really good front four, and if you have a really good front four, then you can really implement it more. That's what he's doing in Miami. They're keeping – when they get Jalen Ramsey back, they're going to be better because it's the style of play. Jalen Ramsey's going to – when Jalen Ramsey gets a chance to play in that style, like Darius Slay, you're going to think he's the best cover corner in the league, when quite frankly he's not. He'll be playing center field like Slay. There is no doubt the style of defense in Philadelphia saved Darius Slay's career. Because as a press corner, that's the reason he got dealt in Detroit. He can't press. He gets beat off the line of scrimmage. Physical wide, he can't stop Debo. He's a center fielder. Okay, but he turned that style of play into an all-pro. You asked me to do this, and he perfected it. There's no shame in that. I'm not, and he got paid doing it. He got paid. It's not on him. It's actually pretty good coaching and actually pretty good evaluating. Hey, it's not really great coaching because you know why? Whether it's Jonathan Gannon or Sean Desai, they're playing the same style. Most D coordinators that come in change the D. Like when Dan Quinn came into the Dallas Cowboys and Nick and they had Mike Nolan prior to him, he completely changed the defense. Dan Quinn completely flipped the defense around and they started doing different things immediately there. And that's why the defense for the Cowboys completely turned around is because Quinn Quinn implemented his own style of play, his own style of aggressive play in Philadelphia because Howie makes a decision on what type of defense because why do you think Howie wants to have the same style of defense? You know, I never thought about this, Tone. Let me before I say this. Huh. Why run the same defense every year in the same style? Why run it? I don't care what you think, Chris. He sucks as a press cover. Um, Nick is from the fan. How about this? Nick is from the Nick who Nick Sirianni's an offensive coach. He's more in line with Frank Reich and Mike McCoy and them dudes, Vic Fangio. What's Nick Sirianni have to do with Vic Fangio? Jonathan Gannon is the head coach for Arizona, turning the day and defensive coordinator for the Eagles at night, double duty. How about this? I think one of the reasons why they run the same style of defense, no matter who the coordinator is, I think it's easier to evaluate talent for Howie on what type of player to put back there. 
and what they're looking for. If you're constantly changing out styles of defense, it makes your personnel department a lot tougher of a room to try to find a guy that has a different style, whether it's 43, 34, press cover corners, safety corners, playing zone corners. I think it's probably, it helps have fewer misses in free agency and in the draft. It's to their advantage. It's pretty smart. It actually is. That the front office would want the same style of defense because after a while, you're looking for the type of player that fits that deal. And if you're here, here, get this. If they would have changed the defense, say, I mean, let's just go like this. Say they go Mike McCoy and they would have brought Mike McCoy in. Okay. They don't have the personnel to play Mike McCoy style of defense. You'd have to reinvent that whole thing. And when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Howie doesn't want to give control to his position coaches. He never will ever again. So, or his head coach. So that's why that dynamic would never work. You're never going to hire an experienced head coach ever again in Philadelphia. Or excuse me, an assistant coach. That'll never happen. Because they lose control. That's why they're going to hire younger guys, in-house guys. And that's why they do that. Because the established coaches want to run their own style. And that doesn't necessarily fit the personnel department. It's a philosophy, like I told you when we started the show, between Los Angeles Rams and the Eagles. Okay, Sills, you go into four hours, gave me another hour of you torturing the delusional fans. I laugh more. <laughs> delusional is okay. Delusional is okay. We're going to look at that Cowboy 49er game. How many people, before we take the timeout, how many people believe that Dallas has a shot? Are, hey, how many people believe Dallas has a shot in this game? By the way, Fletcher is out. Man. I think Dallas can win. All right, hit the like button. Don't forget our good friends at Hooters, the official title sponsor of the National Football Show with Big Sills. Thank you guys so much. All the great football on Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. You just can't beat it when we're talking about 
Hooters, 40th anniversary. Look, if you don't want to go into any one of the seven locations nearest you, all you have to do is go to Hooters2Go.com, find that location nearest you for you to experience every single thing that I've been talking about for almost 40 years now. Make no mistake about it. Iconic Hooter girls will come out, give you the food. Then you get a chance, if you ever get an opportunity, to go back into any one of the locations. Try some of the 40-year traditions. You can buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. Simple as that. That's the year the place was founded. All you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Six bucks, six items. Simple as that, right? All the great happy hours. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And when you go into any one of the Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
I tell you flat out, the New York Giants don't need a new head football coach or maybe even a new quarterback. I mean, Joe Schoen, the general manager, they need a new GM. They need a new general manager. They need to get a guy in there who knows what he's doing. That guy's terrible. The decision-making that he's making for that organization, he sucks, man. You don't pick up the fifth-year option. You get hijacked into half into play. Uh, Daniel Jones, $40 million. You shit all over Saquon Barkley. You hire a tight end you don't use. You draft five offensive linemen that none of them have ever panned out. Maybe one of them have. And you're just making decisions all over the place. And what you've done is you rushed once again to the coaching front line because your guy won coach of the year. And all of a sudden, everyone's looking at Brian Dable now like, what's wrong? What's wrong is you jumped the gun by calling him a great coach. Great coach one year. He had a really good year coaching last year. That doesn't make a career. Giants need a new old line. Okay, I mean, coach, they need a new old line? Well, that's personnel decisions. It's not just head coaching decisions. You don't really believe that Brian Dable's got complete control of the personnel in New York. I don't, because the Maris and the Tishes don't run the Giants like that. They've never run it like that. So the guy's the coach of the year. What's that got him? Heat in New York. Heat in New York. Congratulations to you, kid. I look. You, can I tell you what I look at Brian Dable as? I don't know. Sills, you think Brian Dable's a good coach? I think he's a good play caller. No, no, no. I asked you if you, if you thought he was a good coach. I don't know. He got to the playoffs last year. So what? The division was playing fool's gold. The only team that was in the NFC East last year that was a true contender for the Super Bowl was the was the Super Bowl runner-up. The rest of them, one team got beaten in the wild card and the other teams played shitty schedules. Only one team in that division was worth a shit, and it was the Eagles. And now the Cowboys got a game on Sunday for us to see if they're really legitimate. Okay? I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. Sirianni is clearly the best coach in the NFC East. Is that saying a lot? Brian Dable, Ron Rivera on the hot seat, and Mike Mike McCarthy. I thought you might want to punch up. You might want to punch up a bit. And get this. So here you go, giving yourself credit for not winning a Super Bowl versus a guy that did win a Super Bowl. Jesus, criminy, man. Pick a side on that conversation. Either the Super Bowl matters or it doesn't. Oh, let me guess. It doesn't matter with the coaches. Or it matters with the coaches, but not the players. Okay, I guess, depending on who you are. 
Yeah, I guess it I guess it just depends who you are and if you're from Philly. Okay. Um real quick before we move on to this game here, Cowboys and Niners, and then moving on to week five of the National Football League. Um oh, real quick, I want to do this. My quarterback list this year, I had or my this week. I had Jalen Hurts seventh. This is where CBS has him this week. And their weekly quarterback rankings. Number 10, Cousins. Number nine, Golf. I was pretty much those two guys down there. CJ Stroud, they have at eight. They got Hurts at seven. Brock Purdy at six. Lamar Jackson, five. Justin Herbert, four. Wait a minute. Don't the Eagles have a better record than every one of these guys? But Brock Purdy? I thought 4-0 mattered. Justin Herbert's fourth. Josh Allen's third. Two is two. Mahomes is one. I thought 4-0 mattered. I thought 4-0 mattered. CBSSports.com. Their weekly quarterback rankings. Same thing we do. I had Hurts right around there, seven. But Justin Herbert, Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, every single one of these teams, north of Hertz, except Purdy, has lost, and some too. And the national perception is they're, ba- they're playing better than your guy. And you sit in here and tell me you still think he's playing MVP-type ball. Some of you, not all of you. Dude, I get CBS leans towards the AFC on television. But in a website, you're trying to lean towards views and clicks. What do you think? They're CNN? CNN is the only people that don't get. You're trying to get the masses, not just a few on one side. That's why the Home Depot or the Home Shopping Network outviews them and out ratings them, and the Bravo channel even has higher ratings. You're trying to get them all in. Yep, hold on. Self stats, well, that's all that matters. I told you this country and the sports writers in this country don't look high on Jalen. They think highly of him, but they don't think highly of his game. They'll say the right things nationally. But when it comes to talking about the guys you pick to build your team, he's never going to be in line for that. I'm not saying that they are. Really, you got Justin Herbert ahead of Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's won nothing. He's absolutely won nothing. But he plays in L.A., 
throws for a lot of yards. He puts on a show every game he plays in. And your guy runs around. We're kind of runs. Well, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like the Woody Hayes offense. I'm not hating on him. CBS is hating on him. I'm not hating on him. How could you constitute this list that a national that a national network who covers the National Football League wrote this up and you think this is me? I didn't put this list together. It's not my list. Niner all day goes, Seals, you put the Eagles with the Niners as the baddest dudes on the block, but I think the Niners are a tier above. Niner, you sound like, you sound like, you know, you're, a contender for a heavyweight championship belt, and you're trying to convince the champion that you're the champion, knowing full well the champion has the title belt around his waist. That's all good, and I understand it. You want to feel that way. You got to think that way. But until you take the belt off the champ, you're not the champ, dude. You just think. The Eagles have the heavyweight champ, or the NFC championship belt around their waist. Until you dethrone them, I don't care how you think you look, who you think you are, and I do think you're great, and I think everything you're saying is right, but the Eagles own the NFC championship belt. Until you take that belt off them, it's the only way to look at this. You can't compare a game. Like, I knew people probably thought that I was going to come out here and go, oh, my God, the shitty Bears beat the Commanders. That win against the Commanders sucks. Absolutely not. I know what it means. The Commanders, they had to travel to Philly. They were on a short work week. They came home, and they were flat against the Bears. Every single time we watch a Thursday night game, One of those teams is always flat going into that ball game. It's just what it is. There will always be a team that's flat. That has nothing to do with how the commanders played against the Eagles. I don't look at shit like that. I think each week is different. I think each week is different. Injuries play a factor. Sue goes... Traveling to Philly, it's right there. That's Sue, if you're sleeping in someone else's bed, you got to get on an airplane and you got to go somewhere and you've got to do things out of your normal routine. It doesn't matter. It's a short work week. You don't get the same practice time that you get on a Sunday game as you do on a Thursday game. You Do you see that? Friday, Saturday, you basically get an additional three days off after that game. Shit. To, to, to rest up. And prior to that, you get one day of practice. So you fly home Sunday. You wake up. Instead of having a half a day on Monday and players day off Tuesday, you've got to go right back to work on Monday 
you have to have a full contact practice on Tuesday. Wednesday, you travel. Thursday, you play. Normal work week, you play home against the whomever. Eagles have a half day Monday. Tuesday's players day off. They're back on Wednesday. It's a full contact day because you got to get all your installments in. Thursdays, helmets and shorts. Fridays, you usually travel depending on if you have to go to the West Coast or not. Saturdays, probably you're going to travel early in the morning, go to the stadium, get to the hotel, go to the ballroom, work on some walkthrough plays, show up at the stadium and play. That's the routine you go through. It's the routine. <clears throat> you know, I think what we have to do with Quan is give him like a little side. Hey, hey, Tone, we got to have like a little side thing. Cilio's going to explain this. This is what he means. This is what's next, folks. So like he could kind of bring you guys along with the dialogue. I like it. It's almost like he has a rundown of my show. It's quite remarkable. <laughs> yeah. This is what he means. This is what he says. This is what he's going to do. I bet he says this. Watch this, folks. Look at the analogies. We need to have a separate box. Quan goes like this. Just follow me. No, no, no. You're following me. It's my show. I, I, I know you think it's your show, Quan. But, I, 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 hey, Quan, I know you think it's your show. To some extent it is. But, hey, we'll get, maybe we'll come up. I'll have to get Big Joe and Xander to build, like, a little box for you. Probably more like a little kitty litter box or a little sandbox for you. We'll figure it out. It's all good. All right. Let's take a look at this 49er game. <laughs> oh, too easy. Too easy. What do you think, Maniac? What do you think? Maybe we give Quan a rainbow sandbox, painted rainbow colors. He'd probably dig that, right? Because I don't think we could do green, white, and red because there's not a chance in hell that guy's a paisan. So I would probably think maybe like um, like purple, yellow. What, what else is that color? Aqua. We'll put a little aqua in it. <laughs> What do you think, Tone? Little aqua yellow, pink. Got to have pink for Quan. You know, little off red. There you go. I like that. Make a, a camel. We'll do the um we'll do the we'll do Quan sandbox like that right there. That looks good. All right. <laughs> and then you get to jump rope. Right, Quan? I bet you're really great at jumping rope. I bet you anything, man. I got to say, hey, man, Quad's probably really great at jumping rope or double dutch. Got to be. Anybody who has that kind of commentary, has that kind of commentary, has to be a guy who does, like, he's he, he like, plays uh, hopscotch and, you know, shit like that. I don't know. All right, here we go. How do people see this Cowboy 49er game playing out?
Is this a close game? Do you think this is a close game? Close game? Dallas owner is similar with all ineptitude with Dak and Romo. He's an obstacle. He is. He absolutely is. And I've said that before. I've said this before. I I think if Dak wants to win a Super Bowl, he's got to get out of Dallas. Purdy will struggle. Honestly, don't care. You should care. It, It affects home field advantage this game. Why wouldn't you care about a game that affects your home field? I would if I were the Eagles, I wouldn't want Dallas winning. I wouldn't want Dallas winning. Quad one title winks competition. You mean the Eskimos and Butterflies thing? Wow, I didn't know that. Thank you, Bear. So wait a minute. Quan has won the tournament in Patterson for Rainbows and Butterflies? Damn. All right. It's quite a title. All right. I wouldn't want Dallas winning. Dallas beats you. Dallas struggles against good defenses unless it's the Philly defense. All right, here's how I see this thing. Here, here's, here's the trends for the first month. Cowboys. They do bounce back from that ass kicking they took at the hands of the Cardinals, and I'm sorry, Cowboy fans, but that'll be an asterisk for the entire season that you got ran over by a completely lesser football team. Okay? It completely, completely... Um, we'll have that asterisk alongside of you to you do something significant. Okay. Cowboys 377 to 253 versus the Patriots in total offense. Okay. Is that really a, a huge accomplishment? I'm not sure anymore. The Cowboys are fourth in passing. Excuse me, 14th. And passing at 218.8. And Dallas is seventh in rushing. I didn't realize that Dallas was running the ball for 141 yards a game. It's pretty good. Okay. And here's something else Dallas is fourth in scoring. Okay. At 31 points a game. Listen to these trends by the 49ers. Tone, I didn't realize this and how good this 49er team is and how well they've been playing. The 49ers are ninth in passing, 245 per game. They're third in rushing at 153. I mean, you talk about a balanced football team right now. There is not a more balanced football team in National Football League offensively than the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are the most balanced football team 
for the first month of the season, and that's what their trends are showing. They are dominant in ways to beat you. They could beat you through the air, and they could beat you running the football. I mean, and they're third in scoring. So they're putting the ball in the end zone, and you want to hear something even better? They're great in red zone. I mean, there's nothing they're not doing. Their defensive football team has been absolutely playing lights out. They are, right now, the first month, the best football team in the league. Now, again, you got to beat the Eagles to officially take the title. But as of right now, there's not a football team in the NFL playing better. Not a football team. You have not played better than the San Francisco 49ers. It's not true. And anywhere and anyhow, your quarterback, your defense, your offense, nowhere are you playing better than them. Rush defense, okay. Oh, they're right up there. San Francisco hasn't faced a good defense. Have you? Washington, the Bucks, New England. Pittsburgh, TJ Watt. Seattle with Pete Carroll. That's the Rams. So, Devin wants to use the comparisons of Bucks in New England. Okay, Washington got the shit kicked out of them, Devin, by the Bears. So, the Washington Commanders are horrible then, right? And that was a horrible win for you. Is that how you're looking at it? That team pushed you to a bad decision by a coach. It's the only reason you won the game. The worst team in the league beat you. Or beat the team that took you to overtime. Is that how you want to look at it? Okay. Ron Rivera's a horrible coach. He's more accomplished than um, Nick Sirianni. You think Nick Sirianni's more accomplished than Ron Rivera? Ron Rivera. Do you really think he's more? Let's see. As a coach, two-time Associated Press NFL Coach of the Year, George Alice Award, Assistant NFL Coach of the Year 2005, George Alice Award 2022 for Best Assistant Coach. So if we do look at those Coach of the Year awards, he's won two of them. He's won three conference titles. 
He's won an NFC championship. And you're trying to tell me what about Nick? Hey, coach, coach a little longer in the league before you start barking. Sales, quick question. If Washington went for two and didn't get it, would it still count as a win from a bad decision by a coach? I would much rather have had him make that shitty decision, that great decision, and lose than try to beat a better team in overtime, which he was never going to do. Okay? What defense has the 49ers played? Again, dude, after watching Washington, you can't count Washington as a good defense. If you're going to go by your litmus test, I think Washington's a good defense. I thought they did a great job against you guys stopping the run. They held you to 104. I mean, holding the Eagles under 140 yards rushing is an accomplishment. And they got their asses kicked last night. Really? That's your, that's your way of looking at that? This isn't college. Common opponents, unless it's division opponents, is the only way it matters. Because you don't know who's a healthy scratch, what they're doing, personnel weaknesses or matchups. Stop doing that. It doesn't. Nobody in their right mind goes, well, we beat this team this way and they beat that team and they didn't play that. That's ridiculous. That would mean this, your 4-0 record is an illusion because you played shitty teams. Do you want to hear that? That I haven't said. Do you want me to say that? Well, I don't believe your 4-0 record is better than the Bills 3-1 record. We're 4-0. So, according to you, who have they played? Who have you played? Who have you played? Who have you played? Sills, answer the question. You answer what question? I did. Tampa Bay's a good team. Okay. Look at Riley. Bills look bad against division rival. Also, only difference. You look shitty against the commanders. And by the way, the Jets have one of the best defenses in the league. That'll be a factor. Winning is the only thing that matters. Unless you're in Philly where 4-0 matters more to you than winning a championship or 21-1. It's totally who summer you are. You exhibit that every day. You are so 21-1 and 4-0. One day you'll grow up and you get to sit at the big table with a champion shirt on. I'll let you know. And by the way, 21 and 1 has nothing to do with 2017. Zero. Because you got little kitties running your team now. You don't have adults. You have coaches running that 17 team. 21 and 1, Steve. Totally you. Absolutely. 
You can't be more defined by that. There's no way I would ever want to take that away from you. 21 and 1. Philadelphia sports fans are proud of 21 and 1. 4 and 0. Can't get any better than that. Can't be any more revealing than that. Can't be any more revealing. Keep putting it up there. I love it. Just shows me who some of you are and who some of you aren't. You're the guys that's happy with the last 30 years winning one Super Bowl. It's okay. Understood. Like Cody. Mm. All right. Let's take a week five. Look at week five. I won a championship. Could care less about the other crap sales. Devin. Right. And you're right here. Honestly. Hey, hey, Devin, people say that I talk shit on your team. Okay. But what they don't hear is every year I've said this. You're going to Super Bowl, and you're going to play in the NFC title game this year. How is that talking shit and not wishing great success for you guys? Tell me. How is that not positive? At the end of the day, whatever I say will always end with the last two years I picked you to go to Super Bowl, and this year I'm picking you to go to the NFC title game. How? Tell me where that's bad. Because I don't think you're going to get back to a Super Bowl. I don't think Kansas City is. We were one of 31 losers in 2022. That's the only way to look at it. Because you're striving for perfection. Knowing full well, Bear, you're not going to get there. So right now, the Eagles are learning to live with greatness. 21-1 and is is driving for perfection. Okay? It's driving for perfection. Can I tell you, if you guys were 21 and 1, how about this one, guys? If you were 21 and 1 and had a Super Bowl title, you would be compared to the Dolphins 70s team, um, the Patriots, some of that run with the Patriots. You would be compared to some of the Steeler runs, and I'm talking the Noel runs, those Cowboy runs, maybe even that Bronco back-to-back. But 21-1 with a consolation prize? I don't know what to tell you. You can keep looking at it through a different kaleidoscope or a different lens. That's fine. But at the end of the day, when someone tells me 21-1, I think it's a joke. Because... Pretty soon, you're not going to be in a position to consistently contend for a Super Bowl because it doesn't last long. These windows, and by the way, that's a league. The league hampers you from being consistent. They don't want you to be consistent. That's why they like parity. 
they like the bottom dwellers to rise up. Unlike the rest of the sports, NBA doesn't give a shit about Orlando. You think they care about the magic? Don't give a shit about the magic or the Nets. You know who they care about in the NFL? They care about Arizona not going anywhere. One, they host Super Bowls there, and they want the team to be competitive. The NFL is more worried about the bottom half of their league than the top. Why? The draft is set up for the worst team. Free agency is set up for the worst team. When you get cut in players, it's set up for the worst team so that the worst teams get first opportunities and first digs. It's not set up like that in the NBA. Once you're a free agent, you can go anywhere you want. In the NFL, you got to clear waivers. There's a salary cap involved. They want the worst teams to get better. I thank Wentz for 17. Hopefully I can thank Jalen before I die. Well, here's the thing on this with, with, with Hertz. It's taking you, okay, the Super Bowl era is 66. So you have one Super Bowl in 50-plus years and one championship since 1960. And you think this next couple of years here, you're going to win a Super Bowl. When it's taking you seven decades to win another title. Okay. Well, I, uh, that's where we are here. That's why we talk the way we do. Because you're not going to do that with the 27th ranked defense and passing in a game today where the league is set up just for passing. And I love how people go from here and they go over to my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show. So they added Aaron Donald and they added Brian Baldinger, who you know my friend is. And they think what I said about Aaron Donald not being a physical ball player, is just me barking at him. Well, how can you be on more teams that gave up five yards of carry in one of the worst rush defenses in the history of the National Football League and call yourself physical? And when you run at him, that's how New England beat him. Go back in the Super Bowl and tell me what kind of factor he was in the Super Bowl against New England when they beat them 14-3. to Go back and look and see if he had a sack in that game. Go see if he was a factor. They ran the football right down his throat. Can I tell you what New England did? I don't think many of you people don't, don't realize this. You know what New England did after you guys beat them up physically and they had to wave the white flag? They took a game plan out of your game plan on beating people up front, defensively and offensively, and stopped one of the most highest-scoring football teams in the history of the league that year, with that Sean McVay offense, and they shut them down to three points. That's not Tom Brady. I don't even think Tom Brady had a great game in that game. It was Belichick, all Belichick in that ball game. That was all Belichick. But we got a guy in here trying to tell me Brian Johnson beat Belichick. Really? <laughs> okay. You're right. He's better. You're right. What did, what did Brady do in that game that gave the notion that you thought Tom Brady was the saving grace of that Super Bowl? What did he do? How, much, how many yards did he throw for in that Super Bowl? 218? Was it that even? 
I don't remember. It was a really shitty number that he threw for in that game. I mean, come on, man. That was a Belichick Super Bowl. And what was that, five years ago, six years ago? We're not talking about decades ago. We're talking talking just a few. (laughs) You hold one of the best offenses in three points. Ancient history? Ancient history. So is 17. So is last year. That's ancient history. You guys are looking at your football team this year going off of last year, and that's all I hear about it. We did, you know. We're... Well, so far, your team don't look like the team of a year ago. Your team's not better right now. You're not. Twenty-one and one, my favorite. I got, I got to get a shirt made of that. Okay. Seals, talk to me about the new corner we got. That didn't make us better. It's a depth move. Totally good. Totally good, man. You're older at the corners now. You're older at the corners. Let's see if Slay can hold up. Let's see if he can. Okay. All right, let's take a look at some of these games here that are going to be going on this weekend. Jacksonville, Buffalo. Who do you like in this one? Buffalo at home. Who do you like? Let me put a score here. Man, Jacksonville needs this game badly too. They have been so up and down offensively, even defensively. Buffalo's playing the best football next to San Francisco in the NFL right now. They're just playing good, and they're at home. And I got to go Bills, 28, 28-20. 28-20 Buffalo. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is in a reel right now. And Kenny Pick. Steelers are going to need a quarterback. Steelers are going to need a quarterback. I'm going to say Baltimore. 27-14. Ravens. Oh, Twiz, that's in London? That's the London game? Is that the London game? Twenty-eight, twenty, twenty-eight, I'll take it up. I'll take it up. Carolina at Detroit. Car- uh, Detroit gets an opportunity to go 4-1 and one on the season. I think they take care of Carolina, and I think they put up big points. I think they put up 33 points, and I think they beat them 33-20. That Carolina offensive line is atrocious. I think that thing is terrible. Um, Houston at Atlanta. 
Hey, am I right when I am, am am I right when I say this? That is Houston two and two. London game always feels like a talk. Yeah, man. You know, you got maybe you bring it back to three. You know, maybe you go 28, 24, 25, something in there. It's always a weird game. It's so hard to play overseas. I've done it a few times. Very hard to play overseas. Hey, are they two and two, the Texans? And can they go to three and two if they go to Atlanta and win this game? D'Amico Ryans could go three and two with CJ Stroud, or have they only lost one game? <clears throat> so they could be in first place by Monday. So wait a minute. D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud and Will Anderson could be in first place by Monday? What a job. Um, 27-20. Houston, 3-2. and two. And you're looking at a hell of a job going on down there. Man, because I do not think that guy's got good talent or good ownership. Texans are on a two-game win streak. Shit, when's the last time the Texans had a two-game win streak? Four years ago? Good for you, man. New Orleans at New England. This is interesting. If New Orleans beats New England and New England falls to one in five, do you think Bob Kraft would force Belichick out at the end of the year? Your season's over. And the only reason that Bill is staying in is because you know why? He wants that all-time leading win number because Shula hated him and called him Belichick. And this is kind of like to wipe all of his records away. It's kind of like a vendetta that he has. But will Bob Kraft, think of this, will Bob Kraft for Bella, does he owe, how about this one here? Tone, think of this one to everyone. Does Bob Kraft owe Bill Belichick at the expense of winning? And I mean what we talk about, championships, 21-1, and 4-0. At the expense of that, does Kraft owe him the chance to pass Shula. Does he owe him? If I was an owner and you increased my value and you brought me all the winning and all the success and all the riches and all everything, do you think that he'll allow him Hey, get this. Let's do this here because this is not an easy set. This is not an easy question here. What is the all-time winningest coaching record regular season list? Okay. So 328 regular season wins. Belichick's at 299. 
you're talking nearly 30 games away, which means probably what? How many wins does he have now? One? Let's say he wins four or five. Let's go five this year. Say he wins five. Okay? Say he wins five. Five this year. I'll give him nine next year. I'll give him another nine after that. That's 20. We're talking five years away. Are you going to give Belichick five more years of losing seasons or four years of losing football to break that record at 328? Would you do it because you felt you owed him? Like, no one looks at Don Shula and says, does anybody think Don Shula's resume was hurt because he didn't have because he didn't have a lot of winning? He didn't have a lot of winning at the end. He didn't win a lot of games. Even Tom Landry lost a shitload of games. Yeah, you could turn it around in five years. At 72? Belichick 70 now? I don't think he's as old as Pete. I think Belichick's 70. So 70 years old. You're going to have him coach until five more years. Until he's 75. Holy cow, what are we doing here? Having a guy run the New England Patriots like we have our two presidential candidates? Seriously, I mean, both those presidential candidates should be in nursing homes. And we're going to do the same thing for our head coach in New England? I mean, I don't know, man. I guess so. I think New Orleans wins this game. I think they win it 28-19 cuz I don't see the offense in New England and I think Belichick goes I think he goes to 1 and 5. Okay? He came this far sills not to get it. 5 more years of shitty football. Dude, say he wins 10 games. You're still looking at four years away. And he's 75 years old. Are you going to be passing? Are you going to want to break in a new rookie quarterback with a 75-year-old guy? So, like, if you're the Patriots and you're not sold on Mac Jones, would you draft a quarterback with a 72-year-old coach? Or would you wait and try to get Mike Vrabel in there and try to develop with an offensive coordinator guy, keep O'Brien because Vrabel knows him and likes him. And they all sit there and they're building something new. When you go there, let's not forget something about Kraft. He did go to a Super Bowl owning the team with Parcells. It's not like he can't make good hires too. All right. Right. Ray goes like this. Trump should be in a jail cell. Well, pretty soon Trump's going to be in the well of the um, of the House of Representatives. How you doing with that? Could be the only guy in the House of Representatives, Speaker of the House, with an ankle bracelet. <laughs> ah. 
Only in America, as Don King would say, would we not do that? Only in America could you see a guy as a House of Representatives guy and he has an ankle bracelet on with a monitoring. And he, hey, and on the monitoring system, he can't go near Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> oh. They kicked her out of her office, man. I mean, these guys are like high school, like preschool kids, man. Dude, honest to God, man. I I don't know, man. I'm almost hoping Trump gets the House of Representatives job. Because content. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude, not anybody in the planet would be listening to sports. Everybody's like, what is going on? He's in a courtroom, and then he's the guy holding proceedings for impeachment. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't contain myself. I'm just going to get popcorn and a beer and watch that thing. Holy cow. Only in America can you have chaos like that. Nowhere else. So, hey, am I right, guys? Somewhere else they'd shoot someone. <laughs> <laughs> here man it's like i don't know <laughs> uh, only in america could you nominate donald trump for house representatives <laughs> and he's got an ankle bracelet on hey maybe the wall's not a bad idea <laughs> hey maybe the wall's not such a bad idea okay anyway where was I? Good night. Okay. New York Giants, Miami. Does Miami right the ship? Does Miami right the ship here against the Giants? Huh? Does Miami right the ship? I got... How many games have the Giants won this year? Another 70-point burger? Hey, Maxon, holy shit. CZ's got 21 here. CZ, you really got 21? Oh, my God, the... The New York Giants are going to go one and five. My one of my bold predictions. Hey, Tone, if they go one and five, and they get crushed, say fifty to ten, will they pull Daniel Jones and put Tyrod Taylor in, or will they ride it out with Daniel Dimey Jones? What a colossal disaster! You gave that guy a hundred and eighty million dollars. 90 guaranteed. I I mean, oh my God. I honest to God, Jesse James used a Colt revolver 45 to rob banks. Okay. This guy used four games, and one of them was versus Kirk Cousins in against Minnesota. One in five. Hey, if I'm the Eagles, I'd be doing this. Are you kidding me? They're going to keep Dimes Jones in there as long as they can. I, I'm, I'm a Dimes Jones fan. Why are you a Dimes Jones fan? Are you kidding me? 
Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones are the quarterbacks in my division? Shit. I'm more worried about Sam Howell now. (laughs) If you're the Eagles, you're more worried about Sam Howell than you are Dak and, and Daniel Jones. Right? You're like this. Guy, hey, man, Dimes Jones, I'm very, very glad that you're the quarterback of the New York Giants. I'm, I'm very thrilled to death that you're the, you're the starting quarterback. Imagine if the Dolphins wet the bed. Papa, Dolphins wet the bed? Oof. Be walking back some shit on Monday. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, be walking back. Dolphin running back goes for 200 yards. All right. I got 50 to 10. Tennessee at Indy. What a a tough game. Tennessee at Indy. Um, Are both these teams two and two? Oh, yeah. Tone just said it. They're both two and two. Is Anthony Richardson playing? Can you imagine if Shane Steichen wins a division title for Jim Mersey? Indy. 25-20. Indianapolis goes to 3-2 and two under Shane Steichen. All right, here's another Eagle tie-in. Cincinnati and Arizona. I got to go Burrow. 27-19. I got to go Burrow. Kansas City at Minnesota. Holy cow, man. Taylor Swift has got to go to Minnesota now. She's at Minnesota up there in Minneapolis. Hey, how come, did you see what the NFL is doing with her? What they offered her? The National Football League offered her free advertising for Sunday night football. And during Sunday night football, and you're paying like one and a half million dollars per 30 second spot, and they want to give it to her for free. Shit, I think the NFL wants to date Taylor Swift more than Travis Kelsey wants to date her. I mean, the NFL, I think they're trying to snake Travis Kelsey. I mean, is it me? But all those old guys now see what kind of cash cow she is. How come they're trying to snake Travis Kelsey? Damn, you old dirty dogs. How dare you, you dirty dogs? You're trying to snake a young 33-year-old professional and you old dirty dog 70, 90-year-old men are trying to date Taylor Swift. What is wrong with you, you filthy-minded old men? Here's free advertising. To put it in perspective, the NFL makes the women with those pink shirts with breast cancer pay. For the advertising for that campaign. The NFL for hometown heroes 
sends a check to the Pentagon every year per team that they have to pay a bill. They make the Veterans Committee and they make the Pentagon pay for that promotion. Do you know that? Every team kicks in for hometown heroes. And they send the Pentagon a bill. Okay? If you got breast cancer, they send that organization a bill. But Taylor Swift, these old dirty dogs are doing, hey, how you doing, honey? How you doing? I know you got a movie coming out. No, you got a movie coming out. How about some free advertising and hope that you'll do a halftime show instead of a guy who's been out of his prime for 20 years like Usher. She don't need the NFL, man. (laughs) That chick don't need anything. Okay. You got 32 old men going like, how come she's not recognizing me? Because she don't need you, dude. Damn. These guys are trying to snake Travis Kelsey. How you doing? (laughs) I don't know. I got KC 29. 29-21. Here's the uh, revenge bowl. Denver at home versus the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett goes back to Denver for the first time. Um, If you were Nathaniel Hackett, would you do the – oh, my God, wait a minute. If I'm Nathaniel Hackett, how would I handle myself with Pete or with um, Sean Pate? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll do what a lot of people in my radio business and broadcasting business do. I've got to set myself up for my next job. So I've got to lie and put a good face on so that I really care about my next job. So I've got to look professional and I've got to take the emotion out of it and not just being a tool bag. I've got to make sure that I look good for my next job. So what I do is, yeah, I'm going to walk right down on the field and I'm going to march right over across the field and I'm going to shake Sean Payton's hands. And go, hey, man, how you doing, coach? Hey, you know what? It's all right, coach. I know just in the heat of everything. Yeah, all good. And then you walk back and you're underneath your breath going, F that guy. Whatever, man. That guy's a piece of shit. And you have to keep that in your own self because you can't put it out there publicly because your next employer is going to look at that and go, well, you don't want that happening when we fire him. So you got to lie. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, being a tool bag's more fun, but it don't get you another gig. Trust me. <laughs> hey, hey, trust me. Being a tool doesn't help you out the next time around. So when someone blows you out and they fire you, hey, man, you know, thank you for the opportunity. You stick your chin up and you walk out the door and you go home and you scream to your wife. That's all you can do. Because the next employer is looking at you because someone will want to hire you. I mean, there's just too many, there's too many C students in the world, but nobody wants to hire an asshole. 
So what you do is you have to tell lies. Hey, man, you know, thank you for the opportunity and, you know, appreciate it. Um, see you down the road. That's, that's how Nathaniel Hackett has to do it. Then he walks away under his breath. Guys, just go back. <laughs> um, I think that game will be close, too. I think Denver wins it somehow. 21-22 or 22-21. Still speaking from experience, Joseph is trying to be funny here, but unfortunately, he's telling the truth more than you know. <laughs> um, Joseph, you couldn't be more right. <laughs> okay? Yes, sir. I'm getting better at it, though. I'm getting better at it. I wouldn't say a lot better at it, but I'm getting better at it. Okay, Dallas and San Francisco. You know, I never gave you a score on that 49er and Dallas game. The tone? No, just the Eagles and Rams. What do you got for that Niner game? Cowboys Niners. Twenty seven, twenty four. I think it is four. You guys are going to go crazy. I think San Francisco wins this game 31 7. I don't see where you have the advantage. Where do you have the advantage? Name me one position that you have the advantage. One position. One, okay. Drug test. Give me one position where they have the advantage. They don't have a better old line. They don't have a better run game. They don't have a better quarterback. They don't have a better wide receiving core. They don't have a better D line. They don't have a better linebacking core. Vandernesh, they don't have a better safety. They've got all pros at every level on the defense. Hufanga, Warner, Boza, Hardgrave. What, where do they have the advantage? Where do they have the advantage? Quarterback? The quarterbacks. The guy in San Francisco is playing some of the best quarterback in the league. Where do you think they have the advantage? I'm, I'm, look, show me where, and I'll go, all right, the game will be closer. 42-21? You think they scored 21 points on San Francisco? Man, I don't know. I don't know. They're, you think Tony Pollard's a better running back than Christian McCaffrey? But you'd be the only guy in here saying that. He's not a better back. He's playing MVP football. Tony Pollard's not in the conversation for MVP. 
McCaffrey is one of the leading candidates to win the MVP. Garbage time? They come from they're gonna have to throw because they're gonna be behind. Okay, Mateo thinks that get this. Mateo thinks Tony Pollard, who was a backup, and this year is the first year he's a starter. Okay, is better than McCaffrey. I'm not debating that. Totally not debating that. Who's Tony Pollard? (laughs) That's what I say. Who's Tony Pollard? DeAndre Swift's better than Tony Pollard. Sure looks it. Tony Pollard and DeAndre Swift, if you want to say it, they kind of look like the same guy. I actually think Swift's more elusive. You give Dallas credit for what? Getting destroyed by Arizona? Getting destroyed by Arizona? No, no, no. Swift is closer to McCaffrey because McCaffrey's the highest paid running back in the league. Your guy makes like uh, kicker's money. <laughs> Swift makes like one five. This guy makes 16 million. Yeah. So it's the other way around, guy. McCaffrey gets the biggest paycheck. And when you win, always remember this when you're talking about a football player. Who wears the money belt? People used to say this to me all the time about um, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather fights, they suck. Well, who owns the money belt? Floyd. Well, if Floyd owns the money belt, Floyd's the champ. (laughs) Okay? Broncos still owe Gregory $10 million. Niners will pay him vet minimum the remainder of the year. I think John Lynch is saving his job. The McCaffrey trade is panning out. The Purdy find is panning out. And you just signed a debt for a defensive player for $1.5 million who is considered a pretty good talent. John Lynch, how you doing? Philly Godfather, baby. I can't wait to hear him. He's coming up in the final hour of the program. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. the program the much anticipated philly godfather will be joining us here in a couple minutes can't wait to talk to our friend and see how he thinks that this rams and the eagle game and the cowboy and 49er game are going to pan out by the way i'm going to reset here in a second and expectations a little bit for this game coming up on sunday i had a stat here Oh, one more time on this. Okay. Oh, Philly Godfather. Dirty Purdy ever going to hold out? What a steal. Well, here, let's do this. Brock Purdy will probably, if he wins the Super Bowl this year and becomes the first quarterback in NFL history to win a Super Bowl only making $900,000, his next paycheck will be $55 million annually. $55 million annually for the last pick in the draft. Just to show you this. If you're Jalen Hurts going in the second, if you're Brock Purdy, the last player taken, if you're the first player taken, like Baker Mayfield, Drafting a quarterback is the only thing in the NFL today that has zero certainty on draft day. It is the only position that you have more question marks about than any position in the league. That's why it's the most important position. That's why it's the toughest position to find. There is no way 
know how any other way to look at it. Baker Mayfield was the first pick. And he's working on, what is it now? Cleveland, Carolina, Rams, Bucks. This is in the last four years since he's come into the league. And he was the first overall pick. Okay. Mayfield's compared to Purdy. No, there's a difference there. Brock Purdy hasn't lost a regular season game since he's been a starter. And he's actually won a playoff game in his first year. Jalen Hurts in his first playoff game got destroyed by the Bucs. I mean, for the last player taken in the draft to win a playoff game, and you still have Lamar Jackson who hasn't won a playoff game yet? I don't know. Pretty crazy. And he makes 900 grand. There, hey. That's right, Grace. Yes. First pick, last pick. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. But it's the way we look at Brock Purdy. Everyone's waiting for him to be the last pick. I guess if you're the first pick, though, you're waiting. Everyone's waiting for you to be the first pick. I suppose. Why do you think that position is so difficult to evaluate? What would be the difficult thing? What's the most difficult thing you think? What's the one thing? Like, why didn't they get it right with Brady? Brady was a sixth rounder. Why why didn't they get it right with Brady? What was what was the one thing that they get they didn't get right with Brady? Or whom else? Montana, third round. Russell Wilson. Jalen. Second round. He was never drafted in Philly to be your starter. He was drafted to be a backup. Jalen Hurts was never drafted to be a frontline dude. <clears throat> Swift, last 17 games, 8 to 10 million up front. Well, he's out of Philly then. All great quarterbacks were smart reading defenses. I would say this, Hollywood, all smart quarterbacks. Really? I think all those great quarterbacks went to great coaches. How many places do you look at where you think, um, let's take a look at some of the coaches that some of the greatest players in the history of the league went to, okay? John Elway. Well, Shanahan's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you can make an argument that so is Dan Reeves. Montana. Well, he had Bill Walsh, Hall of Fame. Terry Bradshaw, use him. Hall of Fame, Chuck Knoll. Hmm. Stallback, Landry, Hall of Fame. Brady, Belichick, Hall of Fame. Dungy, Manning, Hall of Fame. Do you see the trends here? 
almost every single one of these superstar quarterbacks and quarterbacks that we revere in the game all had a Hall of Fame quarterback or all had a Hall of Fame coach. I think it matters where you go. Okay? <clears throat> Coachability? No, I just think being around really good coaches. There's a reason. Like when you when you look, like I said, when you look at the greatest quarterbacks of all time, every one of these quarterbacks are tied into having a Hall of Fame coach. I think Pete Carroll is a Hall of Fame coach. Tell you what, who would have ever thought Seattle's in a better place than Denver right now? Look at Denver. Mr. Sierra better win a game this week. I'm just, hey, all I can say is Mr. Sierra, man, he better win a ball game. And, you know, I think Mr. Pfizer's going to have his hands full up there in Minnesota, too. That's going to be an interesting one. Yes, and I did take that from, from Aaron Rodgers, as Aaron Rodgers is dubbed. Travis Kelsey, Mr. Pfizer now. I actually like the name. <laughs> Not that I'm making any political statements here or anything. Let's bring my friend in. The legend himself. The much anticipated. Our friend, Philly Godfather. He rolls in here on a Friday as he always does. How you doing, brother? Big Dan, what's going on, man? Everything's good. I can't complain. I lead a charmed life. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you have a shit-eating smile like that, it that aggravates. People don't like people who who like who are punchers, man. And they they get a little angry when people smile like that, man. They think you're having too good a time, and you know our country, man. Shit, man. If you have a, if you have a lot of money and you're having a good time, they try to take it away from you. But it's the glacier effect, right? They don't see everything you've been through on the bottom to get to the top. You know all the trials and tribulations, all the highs and lows. You know, it's it's a journey, you know. All right, man. Before we get into football, what's the odds that Trump becomes House of Representatives? <laughs> <laughs> I want an over-under on it. <laughs> the, the, the problem is there's a lot of Republicans that don't like him as Democrats. And uh, that's the big issue here. Uh, I don't think it happens. I would bet to know whatever the number is. But we're living in crazy times, man. You never know, Dan. The only guy that would have an ankle bracelet on making decisions on whether or not to impeach <laughs> Biden. Dude, I'm not, I don't really care either way either. I'm more of a guy with content. I would just sit there with popcorn all day long and I don't know. <laughs> Me it, too. It, I mean, that would that would fill my time. Let's get into the games. By the way, um is it a, is it a two team race now in the NFC East after what you've seen with the first month of the season with Washington? in New York, the way they're playing? Oh, in the NFC East? Yeah. I yeah. So. I mean, the Giants are so bad that I wouldn't bet on that team with counterfeit money. Like, that's how bad that team is. They're hard. They got major issues. Last year, the ball bounced the right way for them. Everyone thought Dable was a genius. This year, nothing's going right. Uh, the Commanders, you saw them last night. I actually was on the Bears last night, plus six, and on the money line after losing 14 straight. This Commanders team. Uh, they have some issues. The fact that Riverboat ran, Ron, Ron isn't a gambler no more and he didn't go for that two-point conversion against the Birds, 
and he chose to tie it up and give the Eagles the ball. And that, that you got to wash your hands with that team, you know. So you think that Magic Johnson get this? So a minority stakeholder in a football team's got a megahorn, and he's barking that he didn't think the team played hard. To me, that sounds like a guy that really has the big bag of money going. Hey, once you send that out there, that Eric Bieniemy in a couple of weeks here is going to take the reins, and he's going to be the permanent head coach, and they're going to go forward with that because, dude, I have you ever heard a minority stakeholder in a team saying, "I think my team had no heart." No, I mean they play. Listen, they play hard. They came back, uh, but they can't stop a nosebleed on defense. That that defensive pass rush is strong, but the rest of that defense is just bad. All right, let's get to the games here on Sunday. Jags at Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's playing some really good ball. Jags have been kind of a disappointment the first month of the season. What do you see here? I mean, the Jags have been out there for a couple of weeks. They're going over to London. I think the Bills are jumping on the plane tonight. So that plays a role. Uh, the line got as high as minus six. And I actually took the Jags plus six here. There's some sharp money on the Jags as well. Uh, the only thing that worries me a little bit is it's kind of a sandwich spot for the Jags. I think they play the Colts the following week, divisional game. But – Last time I checked, I talked to guys out in Vegas and Costa Rica and Atlantic City, the bookmakers. And as of right now, 90% of the actions on Buffalo after beating down Miami like they did the previous week. So the betting public is going to be all over them. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a real close game. And I see the Bills winning, but maybe by a field goal or four or five points. How about this? Godfather, do you think those London games are weird? Yeah. And how because of the travel and all that, you just don't know how a team travels and which team's going to show up sharp and which team doesn't. It just seems like a weird game always. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's so hard to quantify what goes on with all that travel. And uh, the food's bad over there, like we talked about last week. And the other thing is the weather. It's usually raining, usually windy. So you'll see a lot of games stay under the total. This week, it looks like the weather's fine, but they are expecting wind gusts anywhere from 20 to 30 miles an hour. So that could affect the passing game for the Buffalo Bills, who uh, the previous week, looked, they were on fire. And I would always just put a little asterisk to the side of that, that I don't give a shit about the queen or the king either. <laughs> Let's move on to Baltimore. I'm American, man. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. How do you see this thing play out? This game's been going back and forth from four and a half down to three and a half, back to four and a half. I don't know who's playing for the Ravens come game day, so you got to really pay attention to the injury reports because they're really banged up. If they get a little healthier, uh, that Pittsburgh's offense, it's one of the worst in the NFL. I mean, they struggle on third downs. They struggle in the red zone. You know, it's always hard, you know, chasing Lamar Jackson around. Um, as of right now, it's kind of a dead number. It's back to four, four and a half. I'm not looking to bet the game. If anything, maybe I'll look to go under the total, depending on who's playing and who's not playing in this game. Carolina at Detroit. Um, it's a very, very under underwhelming offensive line in Carolina. I don't know what and where they're going this year with it. They have not been able to get Miles Sanders going. Detroit, I'll tell you what, man, on their resume, there's some pretty good victories on that resume that they have right now. It's sitting at three and one. And I think, and I said this before too, Godfather, I think they're one of the teams like with Dallas that look is looking up at the bullies in the NFC, and that's San Francisco and Philadelphia. And I think these are one of those teams that are trying to get into that party. Do you think – are you buying Detroit? Yeah, they're not scared. This team ain't scared of nobody in the NFC. They're 3-1 with a plus 43-point differential on the season. And if you look at their common opponents, they've had the toughest schedule in the NFC, I think in the NFL this year. I think they've played teams that are 10-6 and six straight up. While 
the 49ers have played teams with a combined record of six and ten. The Eagles seven and nine. The Cowboys have played teams with a combined record of four and twelve. So they've had a tough route, and they're right there. And the only game they lost, they came in that game limping. They were banged up. This is a team that's not scared of anybody, and they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to make some noise this year. I one of my bold predictions, if you remember right, I said that Daniel Jones will be benched for Tyrod Taylor <laughs> if the Giants lose to Miami and they put a 50-burger on them and they're 1-5 on the season. I mean, are you just going to run through the tape? Because eventually you got to start making or, – or, hey, and by the way, too, I say this about Barkley. I think he's sandbagging. I, why in the world would you come back to that knowing full well that you're going to have another year on you playing behind a crappy offensive line, knowing they want to trade you, and if you play and don't produce, you're going to have lesser money being offered to you in February or March. Yeah, I mean, why would you play? As bad as that offensive line is, I think they're missing three starters this week. Going to yeah, Miami. why would you play? They're, they're in trouble. They're limping. And Miami's upset. I was going to say it's off, but they're really upset losing last week the way they did to, to Buffalo. So you might see a beat down here. The line's 12, 12 and a half. It keeps going up. It's probably going to close like 14 by game time. I laid six and a half on Miami in the first half and seven. Uh, you can probably still find some sevens out there. I think they come out on fire, upset. And this Giants team is in trouble, man. They're in trouble. Tennessee at Indy. Who would have ever thought I'm sitting here going, could Indianapolis go to three and two on the season this year with Shane Steichen in his first year coaching? <laughs> I mean, dude, you know, for the hey, for the offense to be wobbling in the passing game as much as it has been, and this guy could potentially be three and two with Jim Irsay. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a job. I actually liked him over Tennessee. Well, they opened up a one and a half point favorite, and now it's flip flop. Tennessee's up to two and a half. Huh. If it gets to three, I'll be looking to take the home dog Colts here. I mean, Richardson has played out out real this year. He's he's got a three to one touchdown interception ratio. When it comes to explosive runs and explosive passes in the NFL. And Tennessee has one of the worst uh pass defenses in the league. I think they're ranked like 29th in opponent yards per pass attempt. So if it gets to three, I think there's some value here on the Colts at plus three. How do you stop that kid? You saw him against – they came back. They were getting killed. They came back. They put it into overtime the previous week, and they had a chance to win. It's hard to stop uh, Richardson. Cincinnati out with the Arizona Gannons. Who do you like here? I I, I think this is a tricky game here. Yeah, it is. I mean, the line's trapped. I think it's down to three. I'm looking on Wow. The yeah, I mean, really? It opened six. You're seeing three even money, three minus 0.5. So that's a, a clear indicator that there's some money behind Arizona. And they, this Arizona team could be 3-1 on the season. They even played the 49ers tough. Uh, it's a dangerous team. It's going to take a lot, a big effort from Cincinnati to win on the road this week. I don't know if they have it in them. I don't know if Joe Burrow is healthy enough. I'm not, I'm not looking to invest on either team. But if I had to, gun to my head, I'll probably take the dog here, plus three, the home dog. Wow. Kansas City. And Mr. Pfizer, go up to Minneapolis and take on the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And the Taylor Swifties. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, before we go on, did you hear this? Get this, man. So 
they want this chick so bad to be like a halftime <laughs> singer. You know what they're doing? They're doing this. Hey, I know you got a movie coming out, and Sunday Night Football will give you as much advertising spots as you want for free to wow. advertise your movie. And it's 1.5 a clip for every 30. And, de- and like this, they charge the Pentagon for hometown hero campaigns. And even women with breast cancer, those, those pink shirts, they send a bill to that organization wow. every year. The NFL doesn't give shit away for free. That just shows. Hey, and I said I, I think the NFL and these old dirty men want to date Tyler Swift more than, than than Travis Kelsey does. I mean, I mean, she's got an impact on this stuff, man. When it comes to viewership, I mean, the old adage is the rich get everything for free. I mean, what's she worth? Seven hundred million? I don't even know what the girl's worth. And no, she's worth almost a billion now. Yeah, it's crazy. She's Thirty three years old, and they're giving her free commercial time. So it's Sunday Night Football. I don't know. I mean, the game. This game opened up five and a half. It's down to three and a half. There's some sharp money on Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's been moving the ball. They're you know top five, top ten in yards for play on offense. Their biggest problem is I think they have like a negative eight uh, turnover differential on the season. If they don't turn the ball over, they can hang around at the current number of three and a half. I'm not really sold on it. If it was closer to five, five and a half at the opening number, I probably look. I would have probably looked to nibble on them, but uh, I'm not touching this game. Okay, look, it's the revenge bowl here, and it's the New York Jets versus Mr. Sierra and the Denver Broncos. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, I mean, you know, it's got to be now or never for Mr. Sierra. Doesn't it have to be? The Broncos have to win. What? I I mean, man, you know, my father growing up used to tell me the three most dangerous things on the planet are water, fire, and women. And it looks like it's true when it comes to Russell Wilson. Everything he, ever since he, you know, got with her, it seems like everything's going downhill. He fell off a cliff. The, the team. He's a movie star now. Yeah, he's a prima donna. I don't think his team likes him, to tell you the truth. I mean, you're hearing whispers and rumors about the locker room of not liking Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't know. The Jets with that defense on the road, I'd like to take three on them. I think they can beat Denver. See, and you hear Marshawn Lynch. So <laughs> this is all you need to know. So you needed the number for Mr. Sierra to ask him something and start talking to Russell Wilson. And so they're t- and like, he goes, yeah, yeah. So Russell got wind that he wanted to talk. He calls him from a blocked phone number. <laughs> I mean, he's your teammate and he calls you from a blocked phone number. Like, isn't that Carson Wentz shit? That's yeah. That's that. That you know. You know, my buddy wrote that article about Wentz, Joe Sanlaquita, that went viral, and we were talking about that whole thing. And he kept asking me, Steve, should I put it out there before you even put it out there? I'm like, Joe, it's 100 percent true. It's 100 percent accurate. Put it out there. You know, it, it, that's what you do. You're a writer, and it does remind me a lot of Carson Wentz. He thinks he's better than everybody. He thinks he's up here, and other guys are down here. And as you know, in the locker room, that, that that don't fly, man. We're all out there. It's a war every week. Everyone's got to pull together to win games. I mean, you know, on any given Sunday, any team can beat you. So if you're not cohesive as a team and you're not together, it's a major issue. I mean, you could make the argument that when Pete Carroll had him in Seattle, like, you know, remember how they won? They he, they didn't. You, you know what, and I said this earlier, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Hurts and how they're making him get down and not run the ball as much as he did a year ago, and they're giving those carries. 
to Kenny Gainwell and they want him to throw more from the pocket. Well, what happened in Seattle? Well, after Marshawn Lynch left and the Legion of Boom started fading and they had to have him throw the ball, they won less important games. They still won games, Godfather. Like, they still won division titles. But when it came to being a Super Bowl contender, so to speak, they never were ever again. So in the process of the quarterback, and I think it's more the quarterback changing his game, he changed his game to a point where he won lesser big games. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I have a fear with that with Hurts with what they're saying to him on him being conservative and not letting him run the ball like he has in the past. Money changes everything. You know that, Dan. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. You get those big checks, you get fat. You don't want to run as much. You don't want to, you know, get hurt. You know, so do you think it's him or do you think it's the organization or both? I think mean, it's a combination of both. They want to try and keep him healthy. They want him to last as long as possible. You know, running quarterbacks – they don't last long in this league if they keep running the ball. So, um, yeah, it's a combination of both. Hey, yeah, man. You know, I don't want to get my toe stubbed. And, you know, I got a pedicure that's coming up next week. And I got to make sure I play good this week here. So, yeah, that's why I'm sliding. I hate my toenails chipped. <laughs> when you hear a man say that, you know it's time to move on from that quarterback. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hey, my God. No, dude, no, hey, I, 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 there's two things that I have a problem with, man. I don't go to bars with dudes, and if a guy's got his toenails painted, I'm out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never been around. I'm, with, I, I, I'm, not asking, hey, I'm not asking you to commentary on that one. That's not a commentary. All right, here it is. Cowboys, 49ers, how do you see this bad puppy? You know, that pickup of Trey Lance might have been a good idea. You know, he might know a little bit extra that most people don't know about Shanahan. But Dan Quinn knows Shanahan like the back of his hand, right? So, and he's kind of owned him over the years. So there's no scheme that Shanahan's going to come up with, you know, on offense or defense or whatever they're going to do that's going to uh, trick the Cowboys. Uh, 49ers metrics offensively, they look great on paper. I mean, number two in yards for play. But if you look at the defenses they've played, some of the worst in the NFL. So they're a little skewed. Their numbers are a little skewed. Um Cowboys need this game. They're coming in this game a little healthier. I think the Cowboys here plus three and a half. You got the Cowboys on this thing? Yeah, plus three and a half. Okay, so how big a game is this for Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott? It's big. And this is the toughest defense Purdy's going to play all season. Like I said, they, they played a bunch of bad defenses, and he's looked pretty good. But, you know, the Cowboys defense is what? They're ranked number one in, in opponent uh, points per game. Seventh in opponent yards per play, second in opponent yards per game. This is the toughest, and they are a little banged up, but they're still pretty strong. So we're going to know after this game how good Brock Purdy really is, and if the 49ers are the beast of the NFC. Put it that way. Do you agree that this is Dak Prescott's biggest game of his career? Um, to this point, I think that'll come into playoffs this year, but. He can't suffer any more brain cramps like he did against Arizona, throwing picks in a triple coverage. I mean, if you see him out there and he's, uh, you know, he's not playing at an optimum level, moving forward, that Cowboys organization is going to have to come to the realization that maybe he can't get you there. But I think he has a big game here. I think he has a big game. Did you give us a score in the Rams game? Um, I kind of like the Rams a little bit. You got a Super Bowl winning coach, Super Bowl winning quarterback. You got an Eagles pass defense that's ranked 16th or 17th in opponent. No, no, no. Pass defense is 27th. 
No, in opponent yards per pass attempt. Okay. Not overall. okay. Yeah, I look at some different metrics okay. uh, that are a little bit of a clearer indicator for me uh, than the vanilla ones out there. But uh, you got a team that can move the ball. You got a defense that's pretty strong. Um, I took plus five, plus five and a half on the Rams. Look ahead line was Eagles minus five. It went up to as high as minus six and a half. And now it's back down to four, probably close three and a half by game time. This is probably the best team the Eagles have faced this season. Uh, if they impose their will with that offensive line again, well, then, you know, the Eagles do what they got to do to win. But I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's a field goal game. Here's, here's what I said about the metrics in this game. you got the second-best passing attack in the NFL and the Rams. This will be the best quarterback you've played since the Super Bowl. Your secondary is one of the – maybe the fifth worst in the league. Yeah. And you're going against – now, Cup is also being active. And he's being activated, which gives him another option, which means that now you're going to have to have your defensive front, and you don't have Fletcher Cox in there now pushing the pocket as a rotation piece. It, and how about this one? You know, I'm, with all that to say, then you've got Sue Peta, Opeta, who's got to line up against Aaron Donald, yeah. who's a backup. So now we're talking about two different dynamics in a game going in. Now, the Eagles have – the elite roster, but there's points in this game where you see an advantage for the Rams in this game, and it's against some of the Eagle weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Rams quarterback, he's solid. I mean, I, he's, I think he's better than uh, Jalen Hurts. And like you said, that that pressure from that Rams defensive line, it's going to cause uh, some problems for Did Hurts. Did you see Matthew Stafford's better than Jalen Hurts? Yeah, of course he is. What do you mean? It's not even a question. It's not even a question. He played on those bad Detroit Lions teams for years. I mean, the guys, he's, he, he can he can throw the ball. And like I said, that pressure from that Rams defensive line, it's going to cause Hurts to roll out more. I think Hurts has more rushing yards this week. I bet he's over in his rushing yards at 39 and a half, if that's a prop you guys were looking to bet. Uh, I think he might have a scoring touchdown because they're gonna, he's going to have to use his legs to beat this team. I don't think he can beat him with his arm, Hurts. See, personally, Jalen Hurts will never throw for 47,000 yards in his entire career. At most, he'll be lucky to get somewhere near McNabb's 36 McNabb. if he plays that long. I don't Nothing like being compared to Donovan McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he's as good as McNabb. I mean, I love, I love Hurts. I love his work ethic. I love his intensity. I mean, he's a football player, right? He's strong, you know. But, you know, when it comes to beating you with his arm, I don't think he's that guy. Are you buying the Raiders and Packers on Monday night, or is that just a throwaway game to you? I didn't bet it. There's some sharp money on the Raiders. Uh, the line's up to one and a half. It's probably going to close two, two and a half. I don't think it gets to three, because if it gets to three, you'll see some resistance in the market, and you'll see uh, some sharp money come back at plus three. But uh, I can't bet on either one of those teams. I mean, uh, Green Bay's banged up. The Raiders and their coach, maybe the worst coach in the NFL. I mean, you think of some of the brain cramps he's had over the years. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking about that game. October 6th. Stafford, better than Hurts. <laughs> uh, I'm writing that down. Hey, just a few college games. Red River rivalry. I'm sorry, I'm not politically correct. I don't give a shit about that stuff. It's one of the greatest rivalries of all time at the Cotton Bowl. Um, OU comes into that. I don't believe they have a loss. In Texas... For the first time, I may actually say this. This may be the best Texas team that I've seen since Mac Brown. Wow. That's a big statement. 
You probably yeah, won't. well, I don't really say that about them because two years ago they had 53 five-star guys on that team, and they lost to Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they probably have the most impressive win of any college football team this yes. season going into Tuscaloosa, winning that seven-point underdogs. So this team's for real. Uh, but Oklahoma, I mean, you look at their point differential, they're just scorching teams. I mean, they're beating teams. They're, uh, you know, uh, it's a five-point spread. The bookmakers have been wrong about Oklahoma all year. They're 5-0 and against the spread. Like, you know, so this number might be off. I don't see Texas losing, but covering the spread, it's a, it's a different story. It's all about the price. Uh Man, if if Oklahoma wins this game, what happens next? It, it changes the whole dynamic. Of, oh of yeah, everything. yeah. If OU if OU were to upset Texas, wow, I would say that FSU has the most impressive wins. If you think LSU still a big win, and with Clemson, depending on what they do this weekend at homecoming, FSU. Because quite frankly, I said this the other day to a top twenty-five voter. I mean, I don't know why people are looking at Michigan. I mean, they've played Eagle Creek University, Helen Keller University, <laughs> Siskiwaw University. I don't know who they've played. And to sit there and have me go, well, they're one of the best teams in the country. How do I know that? Well, I mean, you have to play somebody. Yeah, you know what I do, Dan? I go through the box score, and I always look for clean victories, games that you didn't win because the other team turned the ball over three times. And then I add the fact that if a team outperforms the market, covers the spread each and every week, well, then they're better than bookmakers think. And they're winning clean games. They're not being gifted games like when the Vikings gave that game to the Eagles with four turnovers and one right before halftime. So that's how I kind of try to gauge these teams. And you can only play the teams that are, are in front of you. Uh, the test for Michigan obviously is going to be at Happy Valley when they play Penn State and then Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's as good as uh, you know they were expected to be. Penn State might be a little better. So uh, you know they're going to have an easier path to get to the college football playoff. I took Michigan at the beginning of the year. Not I don't bet on teams. I bet on price. I got nine to one on that team. I'm expecting them to make the playoffs. And then I can always hedge the other way. Um, but Texas, like you said, they might be the best team in the country. And they should cover that at five point spread against Oklahoma. You watch how many of those Texas teams, Godfather, start turning out to be top five teams because of nil <laughs> and all them oil guys. Do you remember <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Manziel used to do that? <laughs> hey man, do you remember back in the day when SMU got put on the on the uh, death Body penalty? Time. Yeah. Well, what was going on then? Arkansas was paying big money. They were. When's the last time Arkansas was good? Well, when they were in the Southwest Conference and they were ineligible because they were paying players. OU was in that thing. Nebraska was in that thing. They were paying all those people. Big Eight, Southwest Conference, all those conferences were spending a ton of money. That went away. Now it's coming back. You watch those Texas programs. That's why the guy in Alabama's upset. And the guy at Clemson's upset because you're seeing Texas go. They, you know, Arch Manning right now makes $6 million a year, and he's the third-team guy on the Longhorn roster. He's wow. a third-team quarterback. Wow. And he makes $6 million bucks a year. Well, the kid from USC said he can make more money in college football next year, making $10 million a year than in the NFL. You know, back then I always wondered who owned those companies that made those double-wise because they were getting rich back then. <laughs> Absolutely. Last question for you. You know Arizona State is always a funny is always a funny place to go and play, and this is the first time Colorado in the last couple of weeks has been favored going into a game. Yeah. Um, Dion sitting at three and two. They win this ball game. They'll be four and two. Hey, here's my prediction. You watch this. They may win only seven games this year, right? 
But I guarantee you, guarantee you, they go to a game like the Holiday Bowl or they go to the Gator Bowl because you know why? Those bowl games aren't concerned about who the best teams are. They're more concerned about who brings the ratings, the (laughs) revenue, the exposure, and the movie stars. They're going to go to a bigger game than they deserve. Mark my words on that. Well, as of right now, I think they're just regular season win totals at five and a half. And this is going to be a tough game. Game Lined up with up five. Yeah. It's moving against Colorado. It's down to three and a half. You're probably going to see this game close three. And there's some reverse line movement, which should scare anyone looking to bet Colorado here. Uh, about 75% of the action, early action is on Colorado. And come game time, it's probably going to be closer to 85, 90. So the betting public's all over Colorado here. The line's going the other way. That's never a good uh, predictive indicator of how this game's going to turn out. I got you, man. I think that's going to be a tough putt there, man. Tell folks how they can find all your stuff, my friend. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by my website, thephillygodfather.com. And we got that show that you were on. We're going to have you back on in a couple weeks. The sports betting show on Sirius XM, Sports Grid, and Jacob Sports Media. Never bet on Mr. Sierra or Mr. Pfizer. <laughs> just, just throwing that out. Hey, have a great one, brother. We'll see you next Friday. You too. Got, got it, it, man. That's our good friend. The Philly Godfather. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
GLES Eagles. Thirty twenty six. Thirty to twenty six. That's how Big Seal sees this bad puppy here. Yeah. Okay. Sills, you should bring the real Philly. He is the real Philly Godfather. Are you kidding me? He is. Plus, he's putting me in a movie. (laughs) Go who? I've never heard of the Knowles. As a matter of fact, you... You make sure you tell your little Noel friends. Big Seals owns you. Never lost a game to those stiffs in Tallahassee. It's all good. One day we'll grow up and you'll have a legacy like we did. It's okay. You see, at the end of the day, FSU will always be our bitch. It's just plain and simple. We have a winning record versus Florida and FSU. It's just what it is. Hate to be that guy, but I actually enjoy being that guy. <laughs> um, he sounds more confident with the Cowgirls than he does the Eagles, okay? Twiz, Miami hasn't been to you for years, but always remember something, Twiz. I'd rather be the never been. And I really love how programs that are in your area, like Temple, who they playing this week? Let me guess. Um, what's that junior college that Joe Biden graduated from? That night school thing, Delaware Community Norwalk College. What's that place he went to? Is that who Temple's playing this week? Um, Delaware Community College. <laughs> yeah. It's a night game. No, it can't be a night game because night classes get in the way. Does Temple still play football? Oh, wait, we played them. Oh, yeah, that's right. We played them. You guys had us at the link. I was very, very happy to see that Temple played Miami at the link. Okay? Yes, sir. (laughs) Ain't you a Gator fan? No, that and that's probably why my rub with Howie goes deeper is because he's a scumbag. I mean, he's a gator. And so maybe there's a little bit of that that he has. I didn't I don't know what it is. And maybe that's it when it comes to your GM. He's got gator blood in him. How could I like him? There's absolutely no chance in hell of me liking your general manager. I have to say I like his moves. But to sit here and go that, hey, man, you know, yeah, I uh, I like your GM. <laughs> uh, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. Hey, college football. Hey, Zeus, I get it. Talking college football in Philadelphia is like talking MLS. Okay? I don't even know when the MLS season starts. Okay, I have no idea when it starts. Okay, finally here. 3026. Your coaching staff keeps 
it close. You can always count on the Philly coaching staff and that Eagle coaching staff to keep the game close. Tone's got, let me see, let me go back. Tone's score was, I think I saw 30-20, I think I saw 30-24, 36 33. 36, so Tone's got 36-33. I have 30-26. Tone's actually got a closer game. About to be 22 and 1. Yes, sir, you are. Keep printing those shirts up, son. 38-35. Seal's going to go on a fishing trip with Maniac after the show. I would like to do that. That'd be a lot of fun, dude. Eagles 35-21. Could be. Could be. 30-24 Rams. Wow. In an upset. Boy, that would – hey, what happens if Dallas wins and the Rams win? All bets are off in the NFC then. Right? All bets are off. Should be a great weekend. Should be a fantastic Monday. We're going to announce our winners on Monday too for our Hooters gift certificate giveaways. Be prepared for that. Your last chance before we go off the air <clears> – <throat> The code word, email us, put all your information in there. All you have to do is get in line, and potentially you could be one of those winners on a football Monday. Great football on Saturday. Great football on Sunday. We'll be with you Monday, 2 to 6. Have a great weekend, and we shall see you. By the way, Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much for a great week. Tone, thank you very much for a great week. I know you're struggling a little bit right now with – your internet. So thank you very much. We'll get back with you on Monday and we'll see you on the flip side. Hooters, the perfect pair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.